While we'll be consuming alcohol throughout the show, should you choose to join in, we ask that you only do so where it's legal, safe, and in moderation. We also welcome your feedback and suggestions on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. And should we say anything rude, non-inclusive, or otherwise wrong, we apologize in advance. We are affirming of all, so with that being said, offense or ill will is never our intent. Now let's get back to the show. Matter if you're tall or short, thin or fat, rich or poor, at the end of the day, it's night. All right, welcome everybody. Oh to the my god! On the rocks. <laughs> 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 on the rocks. We are the Moody Boys. Moody, 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 Moody. Oh my god! <laughs> it is I, Tomas. I am here with, of course, Derek. Hello, folks. Dear God, that was a that was a good one. I like I like dad jokes, and you got me. Okay, so we've also got Eric. Got us, Eric. Yep, yep. He's just I, disappointed I'm right now. No longer in this podcast. <laughs> what just happened? I've closed your pink slip. Ben. It's signing off, guys. It's been a real treat, a real pleasure. Wait, I got, I got another one. I got another one. Oh, Doctor, God. you gotta help. You gotta help me. I'm addicted to Twitter. Doctor, I don't follow you. All right, let's go. Oh let's keep God. on. Let's keep this party going, baby. <laughs> As always, we have movies on the rocks today. We are oh, going to be so bad. <laughs> we are going to be discussing the motion picture, The Royal Tenenbaums, directed by Wes Anderson. Uh, it was picked by our uh, wondrous and amazing partner. Eric he's pumping himself up. He's dancing yeah, right now. He's doing, he's, I he's, just he's feeling pumping. it, man. He's I like, it's it. like. It's like he's back at the Jersey Shore. I mean, he's doing oh, it, man. Well, you were man. hype man. You were being my hype man, man. You were, you were right. jazzing right. me up, bro. Yeah, boy. Jesus. Anyways, let's not. Let's not. All right. Well, yeah. So, but before we get to that, let's get to the drink, son. Derek, what are you drinking? What a multitude of alcoholic uh, dude! I have so many drinks in front of you. Do you right have now. for us today? This one, I is uh, well, you know what to expect for my first pick, right? Shit. This is a Corona. Ultra or extra, and it's the little bitty tiny bottle. So oh, it's like, hand, yo, I wasn't. I don't think it's a tiny bottle. That's a regular size <laughs> oh bottle. Yes, it, it is. Hand. To be clear, it's a seven <laughs> ounce bottle. Okay, it's, I think no, it's more of a seventeen no. ounce. Yeah, it's a it's seventeener. Just, he, he's just got and bad. just like that, tastes like shit. Moving he's, on, he's got literally meat for hands. I mean, it's like. Your hands are oh, like tomahawk geez. sticks, dude. Shut They're up. just gigantic. Naturally, <laughs> I brought another fantastic idea. I saw this in the store the other day, and I technically bought it for my wife, and I've been the only one drinking them. They're great. These are canned margaritas. Oh, oh. Margarita. hello. And they're fantastic. Okay. <laughs> He's going to so, have a – Derek's going to have a sip and immediately lose his penis and grow a vagina. Hey, look. You know what? <laughs> There are lots of people that live long, happy lives like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. True. Go ahead, bro. It's true. And the margarita tastes fantastic. Is that a forty ounce can? 
No, Jesus, it's they're so t- giant. That motherfucker. This is a an tall boy. ounce can. It's a tall boy. percent alcohol. Yeah. It's like a. It's like is that the same it, as like those Foster's cans? It's it looks like, it's like, like Tom, these are good though. There's so much lime in the back of that. It's so good. He's got a tall boy in his hand that looks like a small Coke can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, but you're, you know your your hands are so big, but your arms are decidedly skinny. So it's very strange to see that. It's almost like you, what? You, almost, you almost look like Forky from Toy Story. It's just his oh hands my so God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, three minutes in, this shit is off the rails. <laughs> All right, Eric, what are you drinking tonight, baby? Straight Everclear. Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking yes. Come on, guys. Eric, you are Moscow definitely, Mule. Definitely. Moscow Mule. Yes. Time. Every time. Today, actually, I have a surprise. I'm drinking a different alcohol. So, FYI, I signed up for a uh, one of those virtual uh, tastings again. Yep. And uh, I got the box literally today. You and didn't send me the link, dude? I thought I sent you the link. You lies. You it, it, came, it came through the company email, so you should have gotten one, too. No, um, I hate you. So anyway, oh, I so I got, got it, and and this time they actually sent like actual fucking bottles, like not those little piece of shit little flask looking things. So I got three bottles. I got a, uh, it was actually a smaller bottle of Maker's Mark, like a, it looked like a like a two fifty milliliter, like a tiny one, like a smaller one. Uh, bottle of Maker's Mark. Uh, they gave me a bottle of this thing called um high high something whiskey. Uh, I'll, I'll find it. It's like High Rye Whiskey or High West Whiskey or something like that. And then they also gave me a bottle of uh, what's it called? Something called Cooper and Thief Cellar Masters. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon um, Cabernet Sauvignon uh, wine that's aged six months in whiskey barrels. Huh. So, so I didn't do the wine because. Um, I'm not having meat with it, but when I have a, when I bar, when I grill, when I do a grill, I'll, when I grill something, I'm going to have some of that one. See how Dude, it rolls. That sounds like a really good bag. Yeah. I mean, everyone likes makers, right? It's yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So uh, today I'm having makers mark with Coke Zito. <laughs> Super smooth. Super smooth. Actually, it's very smooth. I'm very, I'm very happy with my drink tonight, fellas. Uh, have you guys, have you, I saw a thing and I, I don't know if it was a meme or cause I'm not a, real drinker i think we all know this um that's for sure have you guys ever heard of uh when people make like uh they take like a a whiskey or or like a kind of warm bourbon and they add a bunch of sugar to it is that a thing Uh i don't know i've never heard that dude okay i don't know i feel like i saw it and it seems like it would just make it much better I don't know. I don't know if I'm down for that, dude. But in summation, I think it may be tasty. All right, cool. Nevertheless, I'm enjoying this drink today. <laughs> so, sorry, I, I showed them a meme just now of a dog with a tuxedo. And he says, me adding nevertheless in my essay for a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> I always preferred in summation. So or- simple, <laughs> such a simple, simple joke. <laughs> and it's so true. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, uh but um now that we've gone to the bum, drinks. Bum. All right, let's now, go on. <laughs> now we go to the drinks. Let's go ahead and take it to the news desk. <laughs> new 
There's another day. There's another day. All right. Um, so I um, more than anything today, as far as the news is concerned, I wanted to go ahead and discuss the elephant in the room, and that is the Worldwide Developer Conference. No, fuck that. That's like filed away, and I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I don't. I don't give a shit about yeah, Apple. I, that- yeah. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I have an Apple, and I don't give a shit what the fuck I'm going to get. Now, I will say this. The only good feature that I like in the Apple that's going to come out is that whole, like, I'm going to delete. I can delete my sent messages. Like, I'm going to be a fucking superstar excited. now. Like, yeah, I'm I send, send the wrong text all the time. But I'm all on purpose. Time. I'm going to send shit on purpose and delete it and be like, ha, try and see what I got you now, fucker. Like. I don't know if the risk is worth the reward, bro. Because what no, if it goes kidding. through? I know, I know, I know, I know. That's why I'm like, fuck it, I can't God, do this. Shit. This sounds like a but nightmare. Anyways, I can't but anyways, but yeah, that's so siloed into one messaging I mean, platform. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. Like I, like I, so yeah, so that's gonna be filed. Let's file the win. I don't give a shit. Um, all right, no, for real though, the real, the real thing is, you know, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and discuss this. I'm going to try and be as serious as possible, seeing he's the first man to ever win an argument against a woman. Oh, my so- gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. It's so fucked up. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> I'm dying right now. <laughs> it's like the dumbest <laughs> This is the worst, <laughs> the worst stupid joke. <laughs> Next 30 seconds is going to be him laughing his face off. Oh, man. I wish you could see your, your faces, though. It is fantastic. I mean, you guys it's are so like... disappointed. <laughs> so stupid, that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. I mean th- those two, I mean, I mean we we heard a lot of shit come up in that trial that was just fucking eye-opening in every way, fact or whatever. I mean, you could say toxic femininity on her part and fucking just an asshole on his part. I mean, it was just like I mean nothing good comes out of that situation whatsoever. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear you just said. All I'm thinking about is that stupid joke. <laughs> I literally didn't hear a word you just said. <laughs> this is going to be the worst opening episode, like opening of an episode we've ever had. Oh, man. Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, we have I'll... to cut all of this out. No, no, we're not. No, Psycho no. babble right now. <laughs> I want to talk. I'm against, we're keeping it in. God damn it! Oh shit! Oh my god! Anyways, what okay, I was saying sorry. was no. What I was saying. Okay, let's be serious here, fuckers. Let's be serious. All right. So no, I mean it was just the whole situation was just fucked up on either side. Look, I mean, can I just say? <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, two good people. Can be mm. awful together. Okay. What happens when one of them's good and the other one's a dipshit? <laughs> you're sent. You're doomed. You're doomed. 
I mean, I, I mean, I, there was, there's always been like, I've read a lot of stuff on Amber Heard. I'm not saying that this is, I'm not trying to pigeonhole women in any way, shape or form, because there's, there's a lot of assholes out there that make women feel like shit. This is not, one person. Not, We're targeting a and person I'm, here. I'm not, and I'm not victim blaming her. Cause I don't know if what they said, I mean, nothing she said could be proven nothing. And that's what happened. Nothing she said could be proven. Everything he said, they agreed and they said that it was true. So they decided in favor of him. Um, and I mean, I don't know, dude. Maybe he had a better lawyers, but I think he did. So I mean, that's one thing. Um, I mean, I, it, there's a lot of things that come up, and I know that they're she's talking about appealing the decision. Um, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean. She's she's she owes him after everything in the decision. Like she's gonna owe him over eight million dollars. Yeah, I mean, you know. So look, it's I, I I I think that a lot of the people who early on started to side, like their opinion was swayed to to vibe with one or the other of these mm-hmm. these two people. They immediately went to the extreme. And yeah. got very vocal and turned yeah. this into a lot of other things that it didn't need mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't all women. This is this one woman said these things and that wasn't really right. Yep, exactly. And it so happens that she was a woman. It so happens that he was a man. But I don't know. I, I'm also... I don't know. I think about the first thing that came to mind was like, well, everyone's siding with Johnny Depp as a man. And I think about like every court case that I've ever heard of anywhere in where I'm from, which is Texas, is usually divorce law and the child always goes with the mother. The mother always wins that child. It's, I mean, nine times out of 10, that is the case. And so they were talking about it when I was watching court TV for the decision, when it was time for the decision, and I saw the little you know notification come on my phone. I was like, oh, they put on court TV. And it was delayed by about an hour. So we were just watching a bunch of talking heads, you know, fill space. But <clears throat> one of the guys, when the decision came through, one of the guys was like, this is big news. This is really big news because this is like, apparently it's like one of the first time, if not the first time that a defamation suit has ever really been decided on the way of the male. Like mm. a male has won a defamation suit against his wife or ex-wife in this person. Well, so I mean, that like, very well could be the inverse, right? If we think yeah. about the like, guys can be assholes too. Oh, 100%. Undoubtedly, right? More, and so, I think more often than not, it's usually a guy. Why not? Why not? Sure. I mean, my point is like anybody could be the asshole. It just so happens that this time it was her. It was, it was right? her. And yeah, I mean, and what she, I mean, I don't know, dude. It was just, it was wild when I was listening to the, I mean, it was while I was listening to the all the fucking testimony. It was so funny, like all the shit that was going on. Like the guy was talking about, like uh, they asked the bodyguard he had ever seen Johnny Depp's penis. I mean, what the hell was that? Like that was the weirdest shit I ever heard. He's like, I've never seen his penis. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Like he's just, you know, there was that. I don't, uh, it was it. It was it. No, no, no. It was like he something happened and he ended up coming out of the house apparently, and then his penis was showing. And the guy was like, bodyguard was like, I've never seen that happen. <laughs> like I've never, you know, it was just weird. And it was like there was a video when it was happening. The camera was pointing right at Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp was literally he tucked his head behind the computer and was laughing his ass off. Like he was just like, I can't believe this is really fucking happening. 
like shit like that, you know. And then, you know, and then of course he had they brought in his girl, his ex girlfriend, his girl ex wife. You know, they brought in Winona Ryder, and they brought in uh, what's her name, the girl who was famous for heroin chic uh, in the nineties. Um, God, uh, man, that that the model. Fuck. I don't have a clue. Now I can't think of her name, dude. She was always in the CK1 commercials. You know what I'm saying? Like we have the back internet. In the 90s. We do have the internet, but I don't feel like typing now because I don't want to hear a thing in the background. Anyway, <laughs> but 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 yeah, so that was his wife for like a while before he, I think before the last couple wives and uh like his second wife or something, and or his first wife. I know he was engaged to Winona. And he they brought them in and they were like, No, oh, he didn't do shit to me. Like they they like they thought that, you know, there was a rumor that he threw Winona right down the stairs or something, or I don't know what. Oh, jeez. Or and, and like he like they're like she's like no he never did that to me like that kind of situation like they kept bringing up all this stuff that Amber Heard said that he had done to his previous relationships and none of them none of them came true like none of them were brought to the were actually like, yeah yeah they, so it was just it was just a bad scene dude for her a hundred percent a hundred percent so you know the the funny thing is you know at the beginning of all this I. I kind of have a, I don't know, I guess I had a gut feeling that I thought that maybe Johnny Depp was a bit of an asshole. And the more that I saw, I was like, wow, he's really, he's kind of not an asshole. He's, he's just kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> hello, Starshine. The earth says hello. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, I was already against him at the very beginning just because I didn't think I would like him. And you know what? <laughs> He's just, I just think he's just a weird cat, dude. That's just it. He's just a weird cat. I mean, that's why Tim Burton, that's why he's the godfather of Tim Burton's kids. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's just one of those things. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was just, it, all in all, she won two decisions of which she ended up getting like two million bucks out of the deal. But he was awarded 15, five of which, though, was punitive damages. Which in the state of Virginia, you can't pay out punitive damages more than three hundred and fifty grand. So it was like ten and change. And then mm-hmm. after the day, you know, with her difference, it was like eight and change. Eight eight point something million dollars. And I don't think from what I've read, she ain't got two fucking she ain't got a pot to piss in. Like there's she can't rub two pennies together. I mean, it's just that she ain't got enough for that. So well, I, I mean, don't know what and I'm then sure um, she'll be fine. I don't know about that. They already supposedly they've cut her out of Aquaman. Like she's gone. I mean, I'm not saying Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein worked for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what she's gonna have or what's gonna happen with her. But obviously, it's not the same thing. But like Mel Gibson is still working, making money. He is. He is. Yes. Yes. I mean, we did a movie. Of his, we did Fat Man, so at least we got that out there. That's right, we did. So <laughs> I think anyways, she'll be fine. I think I mean she'll be okay. She'll do all right. But maybe she hopefully she meets somebody who you know gives her the 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 right match to her yin to her yang kind of thing. You know. <sighs> anyway, did you guys see I, this uh, news about Harvey Weinstein being charged in the UK now? No. Good. I didn't yeah, see that. Yeah. I, was reading on, I was reading on uh, AP that they were they brought him brought charges against him, and uh, I, I read I read the article and you know it's a lot of just like speculation at this point. They don't they don't really know what the charges are exactly going to be. Blah blah blah, all this different stuff. But my first thought 
I scrolled down. I looked at the comments <laughs> and the comments below. The very first one was they don't have confidence in America actually following through with a punishment. <laughs> I was like, rightfully so, sir. Good, good job. <laughs> but is he like, is he like getting tried in absentia? Cause he's in jail right now. Shit. I don't know. I, I think it's probably something we'll learn in the next, you know, week of coverage when they talk about all the details. And whatnot. Oh, all right. Well, <sighs> Do you got anything, Eric? I got something else to talk about. Bring Do you it have up, a news bro. article that you gave yeah, us? Didn't you, you have a news article you brought the other day? I something didn't about, one. Um, I mean, I sent it to the text thread, and Derek proceeded to tell or Tomas or somebody proceeded to tell me, oh, it was Derek. You believe it was me. that? Yeah, that's right. Tell that's me right. about the Frank Ocean thing. I didn't even read it. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Talk oh, about it, did? man. So I sent it, and you didn't even read it? No, because I want you to bring it up I don't here. like Frank Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You want me to tell you? Hold on. You you suggested this. I was like, shit, I need to listen to Frank Ocean. I don't really remember if I like him or not. I went and listened to a bunch of his stuff, and I did not enjoy it. And I just don't like it. So I didn't go back to read the article. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never listened to Frank Ocean. I don't oh, know. Gosh. You guys he's are all right. Me. It's fine. You it's guys just, are missing just... out. No, he's like the best R- new R&B guy. Yeah. I'll have to For listen sure. to him. I'm he's, just... he's, I mean, very similar anyway. to The weekend. So, a pe- mm, no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, sir. Although, although I will give it that the weekend actually has some upbeat songs. Frank Ocean didn't have a lot of those. He doesn't. They're all pretty but, chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't. I'll, I'll agree with that. But anyway, so apparently, a twenty-four is in negotiations with Frank Ocean, the R and B artist, to direct his own feature film. I There's wonder what it's going to be about. There's a name. It's called Philly, but there's no other information known about it. So, hmm. based on eight previous, and they also offerings. offered this to him. Sorry, real quick. They also offered it to him um, without them having proof of concept. They're like, "Yeah, we'll let you do it, just straight oh up." God. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what was the budget? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see the number of the budget. I mean, if the budget's like ten million, then sure, why not? Yeah. It's it's they're, they're, it's going to be made like that a, much right now, and just the advertising for this conversation just here. It's, it's <laughs> gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a drug movie that's probably set in the universe of hot dog fingers. That's that's what I'm thinking. Oh jeez, because <laughs> that's right up a twenty four is out. The toe making out. Uh. <laughs> no, oh, no, did no, I? No. Didn't, I didn't even tell you guys. I was just reading a, an article. They were talking about how. Uh, the, the Daniels did another interview and they said that they wanted to have an action movie without condoning violence. And I, what's the one way you could do that is the only way you win is with kindness and understanding. And like, and I was like, that's Holy awesome. shit. I didn't even yeah. catch that. I watched this movie 12 times and yeah. I still never caught that part. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's Every video I watch is like, true. blows my mind about that movie further. These guys, man, I, 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 I don't they're know great. what to tell you about, but those two guys are great. I mean, they're, they're amazing. Great. I don't need- and Good on you, A24, for like backing people like this. For real. Good on you. Uh, all right. So I have one piece of news also. Um, all right. So uh, last week, the um, the boys season three premiered. Oh yeah, I know you're into this show. Tell me oh, about it. Oh my god! So, um, have you guys even seen the boys? Never. Oh my god! You guys are so stupid. Tell, tell Eric was tell uh, Eric was he, he doesn't know. I know what it's about. God. Eric, Eric, you would love this show, honestly, dude. 
No, he yeah, doesn't like superheroes. But dude, it turns the whole the superhero thing, thing bro. Yeah. It's so much better. The writing is fucking amazing. They're just horrible, horrible individuals. It's so much better than anime. I mean, it's got all the pluses on it. <laughs> Fuck, I, I, I agree with that. No, I agree with that. But <laughs> no, I no, you guys, crude you guys look, if you guys liked Invincible, you're going to love this fucking show, dude. You know, I mean, watch it. Just sit down and watch it. Invincible was anime, and that's why I liked. It. No, it wasn't anime. It was animated. It was not anime. Oh, anime. whatever. Okay. Anyways, but Derek but here's doesn't the even thing. know what anime is. Tomato, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever you want to call it. It's in you're your face, fake. motherfucker. You're you're a fake, bro. Stop you're it, dude! Fake. I'm gonna have to sue you for defamation because you're a woman. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, so what? Um, <laughs> No, no, because you drank a margarita, so you're. Anyway, so. Um... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I got it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm connected with that. So. Oh, yeah. my God. Anyways, no, no, but anyway, so. All right, so a little bit of context to what I'm going to tell you. So Wait, 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 wait. Was... hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you remember whenever you said a what man winning an argument against a woman? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the first time a man won. And he laughed for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, listen, listen, listen. So back when Avengers Endgame came out, okay, all right, there was this Reddit theory that went blazed through the internet that was like, why didn't they just send fucking Ant-Man up his ass as an ant and then expand so that he could die and explode? You know what I mean? Like that was, that was a theory. It was the grossest fucking theory. All right. Anyways. So the guy who's the showrunner for uh, the boys, all right. Um, so, okay. So the guy who's the showrunner for the boys, he used to, he 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 was the creator and the showrunner for uh, what's it called for Supernatural. I don't know if you guys ever saw Supernatural or whatever, but his name's Eric Kripke. He's written a few shows, pretty good. He's he's, he's really he's a good showrunner. His shows do really well. So anyway, so he he saw this theory and he thought it was fucking great. So. This is absurd. The first 10 minutes of this movie, you know, I'm not going to tell you the background of what's happening. I'm just going to tell you what happens. There is a soup. They call superheroes soups on the show. And it's this little tiny superhero called Termite. And he's at a party and he's literally fucking a Barbie doll in front of all his friends. And he's absolutely naked in the dollhouse. And they're all like, yeah, go. And he's like, I wish he had a vagina because his voice is all tiny because he's a tiny dude. And he's, he's, he's gay. He's a gay character or he's bisexual. So he's there with his boyfriend, and they go to the next room, and they start getting hot and heavy. And the boyfriend tells him, I want you inside me. <laughs> so what does he do? He decides to literally shrink down and walk into the dude's penis. So <laughs> oh, my God. Then he proceeds this, to this sneeze. Is this is the boy. Then he proceeds to sneeze, and he explodes his boyfriend. <laughs> like, it just... Oh. It just explodes everywhere and he's like covered in blood and shit and bile and like at his feet he looks down and there's fucking entrails and his boyfriend is on the bed half of his boyfriend is on the bed <laughs> like it's just oh my god it's the craziest you shit. have convinced me to not watch this show <laughs> oh my god there's so much there's so much in the show I'm, dude. I'm, I'm kinda, I'm, nuts. I'm, I want to I kind of want to see it that is just no. the first 10 fucking minutes of the first episode of season three. That's just there, dude. I was like, 
what the fuck is going on with this show? And it's gotten so, and it's, and I'm, I'm not, I haven't been disappointed at all. It's not my top shelf, but I have not been disappointed at all. It's fucking great. I was like, wow, wow, dude. I mean, it's okay, crazy, okay, bro. Okay, what, what, what was it? The point? Yeah, I was like, season three came out yeah. or what? Yeah, yeah. is that what it? Do you mean? No, that that theory <laughs> like, they used the theory and like he actually saw the theory and like used it. It was like, oh, hey, put yeah, this in the yeah. fucking show. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they never do that shit. But like because yeah. the, the guy who's the creator, he's very like into like the whole meta thing. So he uses a lot of shit from the internet into the show a lot of times. Into his shows. He did it in Supernatural. Oh Jesus. He did it in fucking this show. This it's shit great. is on television. Oh it's God. on Prime, bro. It's on Prime. It's okay. It's okay, bro. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Anyways, all right. So, do you guys have anything else to talk about? God, I hope not. Jesus, after that. <laughs> guys, do you guys yeah. want to talk? Do you guys want to talk about our hearts for a little bit here, guys? Our Sorry. hearts, our yeah. hearts, our feelings. Yeah, our yes. feelings, hearts. I love you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, love, I love you too, buddy. I do. I do. Oh God. Oh, Let's go God. to break. We'll be back. <laughs> oh wait. Do you guys want to talk about how people are throwing up on the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride? See ya. Bye. Back from the refill portion of the episode, has everybody gotten their drinks? Anything different from your drinks, gentlemen? Yep, you know. All right, I finished my tiny little margarita, and I found something. You know, it's getting to the bottom of the barrel, folks. Um, this is a Saint Arnold Super Fine Hard Seltzer Mimosa Morning. So pretty. Yeah, I, I expect this to be awful. Let's let's find out. Stop it. No, it's, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's there. Does it, it taste like a rich woman's ass? Is that what it tastes like? It, it's not good. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Just lots of bad. Lots of bad. Okay, no. Moving hey, on. Do you have another one to drink? Of course I do. This one mm-hmm. is no surprise. This is the Angry Orchard Hard Fruit Cider Tropical I mean, Edition. I can already see it happening. You're going to pour it on your balls. 10 I mean, out of 10 for this guy. 10 out of 10. Fantastic. <laughs> Anything with Angry Orchard. Mm, delicious <laughs> it's like oh my god yay super fun whatever i'm enjoying it okay i'll stick with that angry orchard angry orchard what uh hard fr- or fruit hard cider the tropical edition I, I love how when you go to angry orchard you give them the old razzle dazzle i mean it's <laughs> like my old faithful it's not all that great. It's not ever bad. It's just kind of right in the middle all the time. Nevertheless, I love you for doing that. Whatever. Did you get a new drink? <laughs> I got a, I actually switched my drink because I whiskey is okay for me when I mix it, but if I drink more whiskey, I'm a fucked up. So I went back to the old faithful. I went to some Bacardi spiced and Coke Zero. Uh and uh I got myself a nice little and I'm I'll tell you what, dude, after that whiskey, I am buzzing motherfucking hard, bro. I'll tell you that right now. 
Dude, isn't it weird? You guys, you guys are, I need to have a moment with you here. You ever, you ever drink something? Let's have a moment. Like a specific a kind of liquor and like a part of your body is warm. Oh, no. Like, like your ears or your cheeks or it's, like it's, your hands feel hot yes. or something like that. You know it's, what I'm talking it's, about? It's, it's happening right now, and I, I can't tell you the part of my body, but it's very, very Okay. Warm. Never mind. We're moving on. <laughs> I was going to say my cheeks, but that's just, I mean. No. The which, movie that we which, watched for this which episode. Which cheeks, Derek? Which cheeks? No, no, no. But Eric has not said. What is he drinking? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, um, the blood of thine enemies. Still, I'm yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's goodness. what I love to hear, you bastard, you. <laughs> you fucking ridiculous <laughs> motherfucker! Guys are so fucking. Dude, I started, dude, I started. I'm gonna lie. I started watching The Northman today too, just for shits and giggles. Yep. I was like, what the fuck? The kid fucking like in the first twenty minutes, he fucking cuts some dude's nose off. What the fuck is that, dude? I was like, holy shit. Robert Eggers is a fucking genius. I'm putting it right there, dude. I'm putting it you right really there. You think it's that good? I've been really disappointed by a dude, lot of shows well, lately. Well, I mean, I mean, Eric says it's whatever, but it's, whatever, it's a beautifully yeah. shot movie. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But I just thought it was fucking... I had never seen a child cut some dude's fucking nose off. That was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. And it was nuts because as soon as he did that, blood spurred all over the kid's face, which I was like, fucked up. I was like, who are these kids' parents? And how were they able, how was the director able to get this shit signed off on this? Like, Is this too I mean, much horror for you, Derek? Is that, I think they spent $70 million on this thing. I'm surprised. That movie... That movie looks pretty fucking independent for seventy million. I'll be honest with you, they probably spent that much money on fucking like visual effects because it's pretty. It's pretty wild. There's a lot of like drone camera shots. It and only made sixty six. It's. I don't know. I'm gonna watch it because they look. I've been dying to watch it. I'm just happy that we can now finally see unbearable weight of massive talent. Dude. On digital. Dude. 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 <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so ready. <laughs> I can't wait for the world to understand the beauty that is Paddington Bear 2. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> wait, in, that's already out, right? Yo, it's been out for the years, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, aren't we just asking wanna, people to go watch this fantastic movie? <laughs> you want to hear a funny story about. Okay, before we get to your movie, uh, Eric, let's hear. I'm going to tell you a funny story about Paddington Bear 2. So, Paddington Bear 2 came out, I think, like in 2018 or something like that. So, Michelle was like, Let's go watch Paddington 2. I'm like, all right, because we liked we all liked Paddington 1. So and I have two girls. I mean, two little and at that point, Layla was in third grade, Ceci was in kindergarten. So I mean it's a kids' movie. And, and the first one was great. I ain't gonna lie. The first one was a beautiful movie. So we're like, all right, so we'll watch Paddington 2. So we get to the theater, and this is down in God, I forgot. It's I forgot what theater it is, but it's down south in Houston, in Katy area, like on the way like off of 99, like way down south. And and so Michelle's like, oh, I bought the tickets. So we get to the theater and Michelle like gets the tickets and she goes into the theater and she sits down. And she, and she sits down in the seats that she picked as the theater. So she sits down. Then all of a sudden, like literally like five minutes later, somebody comes up and goes, uh, you're in my seats. Really? Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. So we move over to the next seat. They're like, oh, you're in my seat. I'm like, wait, hold on. So we get up and we go, and I look at the tickets, and I go to Michelle. I'm like, Michelle, 
you bought the tickets for tomorrow. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, yes, you bought the tickets for tomorrow. We have no chairs for tonight. She's like, oh, oh fuck. So we had to run to the front, buy tickets in the front row of the fucking movie theater with oh the kids. <laughs> I haven't been in the front row since I was a senior in high school. Like fucking summer of, 19, summer of 97. I haven't been in the front row like that in a long fucking time. I would never, and, I would never and, do it. Yeah. Oh, but, man, I'd just go home. You're right. <laughs> but, but on top of that, it took him like 15 minutes for the food. It was a mess. It was a mess. But the movie itself was absolutely gorgeous. Props to the director of Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent to understand the beauty of cinema that is Paddington 2. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Eric, proceed, my friend. Tell us about your movie, Eric. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> So uh, this week, guys, uh, I picked, of course, The Royal Tenenbaums, which was directed by the great Wes Anderson uh, back in 2001. Star-studded cast. Um, Always. But before we go into that, we should probably give you the synopsis, which is the eccentric... The eccentric <laughs> movie star. Good start. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. <laughs> the, Take two. Go ahead. Take two. The, the eccentric <laughs> members of a dysfunctional family reluctant, reluctantly <laughs> You can't even get past a fucking... It's literally one sentence. The Stop synopsis is one sentence. I was, hold on, hold on, hold on. What are these things called? Those little things where they slide that take it's two? It's a little slate. It's a little slate. Take two, take three, actually. Oh, gosh. Don't laugh, okay? I'm drunk. <laughs> Such a shit show. The eccentric members of a dysfunctional family reluctantly gather under the same roof for various reasons. That does nothing for the movie at all. At I mean, all. it's not wrong. It's not, but, but it's so ba- it's so like vague. Yeah, <sighs> this movie's got a lot more to it. Oh, it's so much more, dude. I I remember watching this movie back in 01, like when I, when I was working at Blockbuster and I rented it because I didn't get to watch it in the theaters and I watched it at home and I was like, this movie is fucking genius. And I loved Wes Anderson at that point because I had seen Bottle Rocket, I had seen Rushmore, you know, and it was just, it was just great, dude. I fucking loved it. So I don't know. Where, where do you guys want to start? Talk to me. Hmm. So... I had no idea what to expect. Have you um, never oh, seen it? Uh, I, I, I feel like I've only seen parts of it, and I thought I had the idea of what it was about, but I did not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like I watched it a few times this time through, and uh, well, let, let, let's go. Let's go over the cast then. Let's just go over the cast real quick. So you get you get uh, Royal Tenenbaum, who is actually Gene Hackman. Yeah. Um. Margot, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. You had yep. Ethelene, played Chaz. by Jet Houston. You had Chaz, Chaz played Stiller. by Ben Stiller. You had Luke Wilson playing Richie. Richie. Mm-hmm. And then you had Owen Wilson playing the guy Eli Cash. You had Bill Murray, who's in like every Wes Anderson movie now since Rushmore. Uh, Even Danny Glover. Danny Glover. You had, I mean, you had so many people. I mean, it was insane. And then obviously the narration, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin was um, the narrator. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Really well done, um, man. This uh, movie—it's 
really well done. <laughs> that's, that's, I feel like that's the best critique I can give this. It's just like, you know, it's just really, well, really well done. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, so like, I mean, we were talking about this the last time, I think. And this was, I mean, I didn't realize it, but this was the first time that Wes Anderson did that whole, this is his whole thing that he does now, which is keeps everything like in a certain frame. And it's all I perfect. Told you. Tight yeah, that was you were, I told you're you. right. You're right. You're right. This one that started I'm it. giving yeah. you props, fucker. Relax. I want to give me more props. I need more. <laughs> no, but even still, this is this was like you can tell that with this movie he was doing it, but you could also tell that like with his later shit, he re- he realized that I can't do it in the fucking real world. I have to do it in sound stages because he doesn't it, it, he does it with certain aspects, but most of the movies it seems to me that like he does them in sound stages now because he can control literally every aspect of it. More so than usual. Well, Do you I mean, know what I mean? We talked about we talked about how some of these directors, directors such as Wes Anderson, everything in that scene is entirely intentional. It's all very purpose placed, and yes. you need a very controlled environment to have this level of like isolation and particularity. Mm-hmm. What what word is that? Partic- particularity. There you go. That's the one. Particularity. There we go. Um. But yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's really impressive. Honestly, like the more you watch this movie, you're like, oh, that's clever. Oh, that that's really clever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Every time. And the thing is, is that he did his thing that he does this all the time, which he does in Moonrise Kingdom a lot. Is that you can tell that it's all in sound stages because he builds houses in the sound stages, and he did the thing where he goes some different floors, but in this movie, everything's on the outside, so you can tell he was still kind of figuring it out a little bit to a certain degree. Whereas then yep. if you look in like how he gets to Moonrise Kingdom and even the Fantastic Mr. Fox, where it's now on the inside and he moves from floor to floor rather than from window to window because he's no longer beholden because now he's made the money. He's he's done the work. Now he basically gets everything he wants and he can do whatever he wants to do now at that point. And he doesn't really make money in his movies. He like you, it's just like PTA, where he gets nominated basically for almost every movie he does now. I mean, it's definitely not a bad place to be. Oh yeah, I, I agree. But I also don't love his like overuse of it. He does. True. It gets to like a this point. is this is my to me like this is my favorite Wes Anderson film. Okay. I'm not with, I can yeah, say that. It's my favorite Wes Anderson film. It's, I, I think it's his best one, and this is the one that started it. It was like the new, like his style coming out with that Wes Anderson style. This was the one that, that mm-hmm. started it, and it still makes it amazing. It still makes it a great film, but it's like, yeah, you started doing that and like just did that over and over and over it's and true. over and over again. It's so, true. like my favorite for him is. Um, Steve Zizou, that's my favorite. Oh, that's a great, I think, that's a great one. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's probably his funniest movie, in my opinion. That's, that's, that's I think this movie's funny. This, I made me laugh, but I think as far as comedy itself, Steve Zizou, I think was the funniest one I've seen of his movies. Moonrise Kingdom was cool because a very cool, like you know, like it was Wes Anderson's version of a coming of age film. And this movie is very heartfelt, where it's like a family finally realizing that they want to, that they should be together after a certain amount of time. That they, they, they like being together. Like family is different in different ways, you know. Like royal, 
Royal's an asshole. I mean, don't get it twisted. He's a fucking right. prick. For right sure. off the bat. But I think it's like everybody finally near the end is like you you realize that like the whole point of this movie is that like there's no in my opinion, this is my opinion. Royal Tender Bombs is a picture about how families are always different. They're never the same. It's not like Donna Reed, where the fucking husband shows up at the end of the day and has a dinner set for him at the table, and the kids are fucking two and a half fucking children, the nuclear family from the 50s. He's showing, even though he's using like fashion and clothing from the 70s and 80s, where it's very classic style, but the family is you have an old man who is a prick, he fooled around his wife, you have the kids that smoke or, or have their own issues. It's just family means that in this movie, to my opinion, family is just you have to take the good with the bad, and they just they they, they do that in the movie. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. I'm, I could be just drunk, but well, I mean, they 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 started to kind of uh, understand the intention. I mean, one of the big turning points I thought of was whenever. Um, Gosh, what a, which one of the sons was it? It's the Richie, the tennis yeah, Richie. one. Richie, Richie. Yeah, Richie. Richie is walking out of the cemetery with it, with Royal, and he says, "Look, I know that you're bad with disappointment. Like that's so uh, emotionally aware to to understand that someone is experiencing an emotion and handling it poorly, and it's that's what's impacting me." It's not that they mean to be painful to me, right? Like that's that's a complex thought to have about your father, and just a lot of lot of complicated thoughts to let's portray in this movie. There's okay, so I'm Eric. I don't know what you want to talk about. I mean, I'm just like we're we're kind of like railroading this whole thing, so. And we're starting to have ideas and shit. So, <laughs> and I know I do that every week, and I apologize for it profusely. So, um, I'm wondering, like, in regards to this movie, like, the different personalities of the three kids, even, and which was really one of the things that was fucked up with me the entire time was how they constantly, like, like, so each of the three kids had their own things. You had Richie, who was always trying to, he felt like he had to like live up to his dad's expectations. I mean, which is he? I don't know. He he kind of he wanted just, to. I don't know. I think he's more just dad's dad's boy. I, I and that's why he wanted to live up to his dad's expectations. So that's why he probably felt so bad when he fucking like collapsed and fucking cratered in the in the US yeah, Open. But, no, they told but, you why but, he cratered. Yeah. In the movie. And it, that was a great man. Yeah. For the whole time I'm thinking that he oh, he just, you know, he just cracked, whatever. N- nothing. It's because like, like any other sports person is because he's lost the love of his life in that moment. But but what I'm saying is that like it, it makes you think that it's it's dis- like disappointment in general, disappointment is what Richie's life has been the entire time. And then right. you have Chaz who is an overachiever. Who doesn't know the meaning of disappointment, but when he gets any type of adversity, he goes 110% to defeat it and to the point where he becomes an asshole half the time. Right. Okay. But then you have Margot, who has, who wants to, 
was I'm 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 I, and I'm trying to think of a word that's drunk and become drunk. But <laughs> she's she wants to prove that she's a Tenenbaum even though she's adopted because they constantly they constantly refer to her as adopted. I was like, this is it it must have come up like ten different times in the movie. It's like this poor girl, every time they talk about yeah. her, she's adopted. Oh, she's adopted. Oh, she's adopted. Oh, she's adopted. I'm adopted. I was the adopted one. She's the adopted sister. They just constantly put her out on this island. They, all they, exactly. Like she's like by herself. And so she's the, like, you wonder, like, he makes these kids into a, a like little bits and pieces of himself, even though she's adopted. So it's like they're all parts of his personality, which is funny because it's all. If you think, okay, this is like super deep. I don't even know if this is the case. But oh God! <laughs> I don't. I'm not high. I swear to God. So the it almost makes you feel the aspect of what society can do to you as a person based on your environment, because you have this person that's royal tender mom, and these are all things that you see through the movie that he has in his personality. He has disappointment for his family from his family that he provides okay you have uh isolation like with margot where he's all on his own and he basically portrays that to his family and then you have to a certain degree overachieving because he's constantly trying to seem that you're that he's better than everyone else in every aspect i don't know if i'm Look, I'm going to tell you here. I'm going to tell you that you're you're not wrong, but you're not right. Okay, you're an asshole. Dude. You, you can you can interpret this you know a million different ways, and you'd be right. Okay, because you can have your own. Perspective. Well, what about you, bro? I mean, like I, I'm the one talking, but you don't sh- you don't fucking this, shut up. This uh, this this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I thought it was just really charming, like the way that the family's pulled back together, that they're forced to be around each other, and they realize, like, oh, we're all a little bit of an asshole, and we obviously all have our father to thank for this, and, you know, some people are worth forgiving, and family can still be, you know, a nurturing environment if everyone's not a dickhole to each other. I mean, it was just a nice, well-packaged, well-presented story. Although it was a little bit strange, the um, I don't know, strange is the right word. I really wanted, I expected some com- some comedic moments out of Bill Murray, and that's not. This isn't the place for that. Well, I'm not, I'm not getting Blues Brothers in this. I mean, here's the thing, dude. When you have Wes Anderson, it's very dry. It's always so dry. It's like it's like it's not. You know, <laughs> I find him that his humor is not for everyone because I tell you what I've watched my wife hates Wes Anderson other than Grand Budapest she loves Grand Budapest how does she not like this this is the same movie she does not like this she does not like fucking she oh my god she wanted to kill me when we were watching Steve Zizou she's like why the fuck did you put me in this movie because we went to go see it in the theater. She's like, oh why God. the fuck am I watching this? This movie's so fucking stupid. That's all I heard in my left ear. And I'm laughing my ass off at the jokes. <laughs> and I just think it's hilarious. Like, I think the direction is so funny with him because it's so fake. 
like Dude, everything. Like okay. I think of like Ghostbusters and Caddyshack F- and like F- come F- on. FYI, like we always say this, we jump around. I'm gonna move forward into the motion picture. I'm gonna talk about the wedding. And at the wedding at the end, when Sherman and Ethelene are about to get married, they have that fight, which is so fake. Like it's like the fakest fight ever. Like when he gets hit in the eyeball with an elbow, it's the worst fucking like stunt choreography I've ever seen, which is part and parcel with Wes Anderson. Yeah, but it fits with the whole style. Yes, no. And I think it's great. I love it. I love it. But then you watch Steve Zizou and there's a gunfight in the movie at the end. And it's the fakest fucking gunfight you could ever experience. Like the guns, it's like as if they're shooting. It's like they're shooting cap guns. It's the worst thing ever, and I just I laugh. We're not trying to get like John Wick style combat here amidst these like cute little moments with people. It's like watching a fifties action movie in the fucking two thousands, which is so strange and it's so surreal, and I love every minute of it. But my wife is like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Why did you bring me here? Shut the fuck up. I'm out the door. I'm like, he's just like, <laughs> Michelle. You I mean, know it's not I mean? for everybody. It's it not is for not. everybody. I get it. He, I get dude, it. Wes Anderson is not for everybody. But I definitely yeah. like him. I, I mean, like him a lot. I've loved him. I, you guys never brought up, but I really enjoyed Fantastic Mr. Fox. I thought that was a fantastic movie. It's a great movie. I mean, have you seen Isle of Dog? Yes. It was it's also great. very good. But, but here's the thing. So, which is with, with Wes Anderson. It's a claymation movie, so he has a hundred percent control. He has nothing to worry about the environmental elements. Oh yeah, so that's like Wes Anderson. That's like Wes Anderson style, but like that's home home turf there. Buddy. That's like times infinite. Like he does not have to worry about anything because he's literally controlling every aspect of the environment. So, so Eric, I need to understand why Eric, is get it, up and talk. So, I, why, I'm why is it that you picked this movie? I know that this is your favorite film. This is but not my favorite film. <laughs> this is not didn't my you say favorite. that this was like number three or something on your list? Oh, God. oh, it's in my top five. I didn't say it's my favorite film. Maybe top <laughs> ten. Maybe not top five. Oh, oh whatever. It's like it's, it's right behind Blue Valentine and Collateral Beauty. Oh shit! It better be a Blue Valentine. I can... What? You know, I've always wanted to wonder. What are your top five? What are your top five? On the Me? spot, make it happen. Yeah, you. Right now? I know I know. one of them is Birth of a Nation. I know that's one yeah, of them. Yeah, right. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Magnolia. I fuck Mag- you. I'm sorry. I love you, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Magnolia. I love Magnolia. you. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Boogie Nights. <laughs> it's all PTA. Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Shawshank? Ooh, fucking good. And probably seven. Okay. What's in the box? Uh-huh. Yeah. I know what that's from. Dude, no, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> that's a good that's a good top five. That's a strong top five. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's mine. I'm just surprised Blue now Valentine isn't is in there. Rightfully um, so. It's in top ten. Probably not top, <laughs> top five. Ten. So top, top five for me is stupid. It's crawl number one. I don't know why, but it's always been my favorite. So, wait, wait, wait. I didn't hear where Land Before Time falls in your top ten. <laughs> you, you didn't, you didn't list it out, so I'm not sure where it falls in the top ten list. Yep, yep. Oh God! <laughs> Please continue, Tomas. All right, so I, I mean, top five for me. Fuck, I've never thought about it, but it's like it's Crow, 
it's the Godfather. It's uh, I'm gonna think, I'm, I'm think about that top five for me. Oh, it's a um a, a they have a, a 1940s noir called Laura. I love. Um, let's see another one for me. The Matrix is one for sure. That's top five for me. And oh, Five Deadly Venoms, it's a kung fu movie. My favorite. Those are my top five. I'm super eccentric, as you can tell. Yeah, no, that's that's all over the map. That's good stuff. Jesus. All right, Derek. He's gonna be like Derek's gonna be oh, like two O T Pokemon <laughs> Universe. <laughs> oh wait, I would have thrown Seven Samurai, but that's like an honorable mention. That's top ten for me, Seven Samurai. So Aren't aren't we supposed to be talking about Royal Tenenbaums? I know, but we went on a tangent. But now that you got now that we've done our top five, you gotta do your top five now, dude. Yeah, come on. Um gosh, I don't I don't know that I can give you a firm list. Uh, I I would probably say somewhere in there is The Emperor's New Groove. I love that movie. I think it's a fantastic movie. Oh my god. How upbeat it is and how how just fun and poppy and all that kind of stuff. Uh it's very, very enjoyable movie for me. Um Gosh, I don't really know if I can give you very many more. Um, gosh, I don't know. How did you give us one, bro? <laughs> Empress, <laughs> and, and it was Disney because his mom's a Disney 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 weirdo. My mother is a Disney nut. Um, yeah, and that's a great flick. I ain't gonna lie, I, I love that fucking movie, dude. I mean, it, I could probably put Dune on that list. That was a fantastic movie. Um, I'd, I'd probably need like some stupid car movie like Tokyo Drift or something. Oh my god, it's great. I don't know. Uh, Casablanca is good. That's really good. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I've never. I don't. I don't like putting them in list because I can't. I can't think that way. There's too many good movies out there. This movie, Royal Tenenbaums, it was a great movie. Like I would want that somewhere on my list. Like I think I've talked about oh, like the movies wow. you can't go without. Is wow. that good? Oh yeah, dude, that's a good one. It was a good movie. I enjoyed wow. it. Wow. Okay. Well, well, I mean, well, let's. Do you want to guys want to go to our notes? I don't know. Talk to me, guys. I mean, I mean, Eric's not talking, so he's just sitting Eric. there drinking his fucking eating fucking lollipop, like he's a fucking like. Well, you guys you know, are going at it, and I didn't get a chance to to, to sneak in. He's like, a fi- he's like going back and forth. I'm waiting for an tell opening. Me, tell and me, I never get he's, it. Tell me. He's like a fifties femme fatale. What are your like, thoughts on the suicide? notes of this movie what are your thoughts around that oh, I'm such an asshole, dude. you want to tee up i'm giving you one it was a good topic what about the suicide scene or the suicide note the scene i didn't see the note i know I that they talked about said suic- one. i thought you said suicide note uh, scene okay um what did i think about that scene i think i felt empathy and sad and upset that he that he wanted to do that, and that he actually did it because we love Richie. Richie's such yeah. a likable character. He's so sweet. He cares for his family. He's wildly depressed because he's in love with his adopted sister. <laughs> but you know, yep. Uh, I felt it was deep. I thought it was probably the most effective way to do it in this type of movie. So I thought that he did a fantastic job of bringing up a, just a dark, dark topic and painting it in such a, uh, a positive light that, that was remorseful. Right. Um, 
don't know. I kind of, I thought that that's a really complicated topic to bring into a movie that just, it's a hard conversation to have. And I think they did it really well. I mean, I don't know, dude, because as soon as he was, as soon as he was okay with himself, he just walked out of the whole hospital. So I'm like, really? Like you're, you literally just sliced up your arms in six different places because it was pretty like wild. And he's like walking out of the hospital, like as if it was nothing. Oh, I checked myself out. Yeah, that's yeah, not going to happen. They just let him right out. Yeah, that's, that's just not going to happen, dude. Okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't that know enough about just that. just a movie. Okay? It's just <laughs> it's, a movie. It's Wes Anderson. I get it. I get wasn't it. it. Wasn't it? Didn't you kind of get a little bit of like a gut wrench feeling also when I was. you saw that Ray Lee was just so heartbroken, like his loss of Margot? Ray Lee. Oh, Raleigh. Like, who Raleigh, the fuck is sorry. Rayleigh, dude? Who the hell's Rayleigh, dude? <laughs> I don't know. I just read it here. I, I always, I just kept thinking of Bill Mary's character. It's, it's that's, Raleigh. That's what he was in my head. It's Raleigh St. Clair. <laughs> oh, Eric, you're muted. He's so drunk, he's muted. He doesn't even know. Hello. Yep. <laughs> oh, Welcome back. Oh my god, this show's <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yes, it's Raleigh. And let's okay, let's talk about Raleigh for a minute. Like he he had the scene where he met up with the freaking PI and the PI gave him that folder of everything mm-hmm. he's doing. And like, like notes from when she was like four or something. Yeah, like, like it like talks about like how like like every step of the way and then every single like sexual escapade she had throughout the entire like her entire life including some random dude on a ferry like what yep. was that like what just happened that? to have a guy the whole time yeah it was just the strangest thing and then there was that like scene where he, he's like and then he, he closes the book and he's like oh, i can't believe she started smoking at 12 and then he just like walked away i'm like what the hell dude like yeah, that's like, what you took away from this conversation yeah, exactly and then richie looked at him like what it was just oh my god there was so much to do. I, I i mean there, we could do a lot but yeah richie was oof. <sighs> richie, rough time what about what about um i mean let's see what what's another thing that was like so absurd in the jazz most- and his kids oh yeah jazz was, was one wild. of the times the how many times did you work out a week is like 16 times a week they go to work out yeah what were you gonna say eric Chaz? what Chad is one of the, I think, the most uh, deeply Broken. damaged characters. Yeah, yeah, damaged characters in the in the movie. I mean, and I what did you think? Watching his trajectory in the movie, from where you started with him and where it ends with him, I think was like an emotional roller coaster. So mm-hmm. he was so the way he was, which was poignant and strict on his kids because he was terrified that yeah. he would lose his kids because he lost his wife in that plane accident. Yeah. So um he was so poignant strict tough with the kids um which you see in the beginning but then when he's spending more and more time with his family he starts to loosen up a little bit but he's still uptight at Dude, the same time. Is something is something <laughs> is there a dog fight going on in your background of your house? Yeah, we can hear that, bro. <laughs> oh shit. It's probably my wife. <laughs> 
trying to make my little dog go outside. So we're back. We had a bit of an issue with some. Uh, I may have to put some new music in there, but we had a bit of an issue with some of our uh, technology here. For some reason or another, Zencaster totally screwed up and knocked off the recording. Like literally stopped us. I don't know why it did. My internet's fine. Everything looks good. I don't know what happened, but I'll have to reach. We'll we'll have to cut it in post. We'll have to, we'll fix it in post. Fix, we'll fix it in post. There we go. So, but FYI. Derek decided to try something new today, and I told him to get some whiskey and fill the rest up with uh, uh, Sprite Zero. So we're going to go ahead and find out what happens. And Derek, if it tastes like crap, you still have to drink it, FYI. Mm, good luck with that, bud. <laughs> I'm going to force not you from afraid here. to just pour shit out. So. <laughs> Dude, did you not go to college? You don't pour shit out, you drink it. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to convince me otherwise, sir. <laughs> all right i have nothing to prove oh god all right so we're gonna go back to here what what do we got uh so it's a this is a kentucky spirits limited kentucky straight bourbon whiskey aged for four plus years 50 percent alcohol by volume okay and then sprite zero nice oh he's got a straw too you're so pretty Dude, straws are a fantastic invention. <laughs> they are probably one of the best ones. Ooh, damn. <laughs> Does that hurt you or did you did you like it's it? It's got a kick, man. <laughs> whiskey will kick you in the teeth. Damn. <laughs> you need to put, put more, more sprite. sprite in here. Put more sprite. Go 50-50. That's why I told it's you. Already to- 50-50. I'm adding more <laughs> than that though. All right, add more, add more, add more. <laughs> but it, it'll get you going, bro. It'll damn. get you going. I've been drinking just beers lately. And I, I don't really, folks, I don't really drink much outside of this podcast. <laughs> so, man, it's kicking me on my ass. And yeah, son. Better? <laughs> is it well, better? Still a kicker. Better. Still a kicker. Yeah. This is like 20 ounces of, yeah, full 16, 17 ounce bottle to my 100 milliliters of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> if, you probably need to put more Sprite. As I was saying, go 50-50, bro, but, but you, you didn't give enough Sprite. That's why. Dude, I'm at way, like 90% Sprite right now. <laughs> no, it, that, that means it'll be like it's the whole punch. thing. <laughs> that means it'll be like fr- fruit punch, bro. You're oh, good to go. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. So we were talking about Chaz. What were you guys saying about Chaz? Um, uh, I was saying, uh, how- oh, he's overworked. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's just the most complicated the characters and um to see his arc all the way to the end like even um do you remember the last moment he had with his dad like when they yeah. were at the wedding had a rough year oh man i felt that, that in killed my core, me good. dude talk about a I good line in best placement yeah. uh-huh. that, i'll be honest with you that, that killed me i was like what and i i yeah. got tears i was like yeah dude wow. i did too i got tears there was a couple moments that i got tears and there was that was a big one. That was like the one where I was like, "Ooh, it was really, it was really heartfelt. It was really well placed, and it, it built up to that moment the whole film." 
And yeah. like this final payoff of him giving in to, you know, the idea of forgiving his father and, and returning some of the now found love with his father. Right. I mean, man, gut wrenching. The whole thing just yeah. like culminated at that. Yep. The whole yeah. Movie came to that, to that moment. Yeah. And it's like, it was an explosion for me. Cause I was like, Whoa, like I just yeah. I felt that in my guts when he said that. So it's a great moment to see him go from where he started to there, you know, and then him, you know, riding on the back of the, tr- the garbage truck with his, he just, he just like his causing, causing a little bit of ruckus. I, yeah. I love that scene. That was hilarious because they're all on there. And all of a sudden Ben Stiller just pops out the back. Just like, just so nuts a lot. Did like, you hey! notice that? Okay, so I thought this was kind of funny. Um, you know, you watch that scene. I watched it like three or four times because the very next scene is where Royal's dying. He's had a heart attack. Yeah. there's They show him having a heart attack on the truck just for a split second. Yes. And you also see that the Dalmatian is riding on the back of the truck with them because he's also under Royal in the ambulance. I watched that scene back like five times to grasp all of that. It was such a dense like quarter of a second worth of information. I I thought it was great. I thought it was a great great. cut. And, and, you know, they show you his, his mother's headstone at the cemetery. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that's Margot's middle name. And that comes up later. Like he doesn't yeah. know his daughter's middle name, his adopted daughter, because we have Is to distinguish every time. Every time. No, yeah, dude. I didn't know. I didn't notice that in the in the in the ambulance. That the dog was there. That's why he was just dude. under. Yeah, like because it's a top down shot on shot on uh, Royal laying down right, and just behind him you can see the Dalmatian and his spots, and he's laying there and whatnot. Um, I mean, there's all these all these little touches. I mean, just like Eric mentioned, you know, these are. These are all very intentional choices that have been made, conscious choices. 100%. Made whenever they were they were kind of designing the scene and how these shots were going to be made, because you know they there's, there's always like Pagoda, he has like four <laughs> lines. I, I love Pagoda, and <laughs> and his lines are always like very like I don't have any money. You kind of <laughs> did it to yourself, dude. Yeah. What about the part? What about the scene where he? Uh, he uh, he stabs him with the yeah. army knife. Yeah, it's almost, like, it's almost. What like does he say? Tyler what does he tell him? Ass. You son of a bitch! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's like ah, and He's then like, like and then Rose like that's the last time you stat you ship me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> this is so that's a very funny. Okay, it, that whole and scene was no hilarious. The whole movie, you just see no him one... like you just see him open up the Swiss army. You son of a bitch! He just stabs him. It is still tiny little Swiss Army knife. Yeah. <laughs> and then he picks him up and puts him in the cab. Exactly. And, and then he no like one... he like he he like heals him like in the hotel room. Like just he's patching him up. He's so the whole stupid. movie, nobody notices that Dusty the Bellhop is Dusty the Doctor. Yes. Like just impersonating things and, and giving <laughs> false prognoses throughout his day. I, I love how like when he gets the beep and it says, hey, no one can back you up. You need to come down and work. Like, you know, just like, like oh, I got to go back to the hospital. They'll just leave. They'll just walk out all the time. Anytime they need to do anything, they just, they just walk and, out. And then, and then at the end of the movie, he shows up again. It's like, you have minor, minor corneal damage. Let me know. Tell me if it spreads to the other eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like those that, that's what I love about Wes Anderson. There's like little tidbits that the whole movie throughout the whole movie just make you laugh. Like it's not like a guffaw, like it's just like a chuckle the entire fucking movie. Like Eli Cash to me is oh, one of the funniest characters a hundred percent. Because you're just like this dude is so idiotic and his paintings of the guys with no shirts and masks. What the fuck on, was that? On four wheelers. Like, I mean, he's like he a perfect drugs, person. Guys, he was on I know. drugs. I know. Drugs. <laughs> but there's that one painting with the guys on the four wheelers. But then there's like a painting Isn't right next. Who's beating people? Yes. It's just like, like I mean, like, what is this? It's super. Like, it's it, it like it, I don't know if it's. I mean, I may be stupid, or maybe just re, re, like looking at this. He's, he was meant to it's be like, an eccentric character it's so straight right in with the tannenbaums and then he's like in that meet in the interview he's like wildcat wildcat (laughs) it's like i don't know if wes anderson i know wes anderson and the wilson brothers have known each other for years like since high school they've known each other for no since college they've known each other forever i just think wes anderson just goes with owen and says hey and owen wrote this movie with wes anderson like he wrote Mm -hmm. the movie Mm-hmm. And I think he just goes to Owen and just says, Owen's like, watch, watch what I do. And he just lets him do it. He's like, fuck it, whatever, all right. I love you, Owen. You're my boy. Like, just just go with it. Yeah. It's just, it's the most um, absurd conversation ever. When he said, when he was in that meeting and they said, you know, you're, you didn't, your book didn't do so well, uh, this last one that released. And he goes, well, I think it's because it was written in obsolete vernacular. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, lost doing? my mind. <laughs> like, what is, and then he's so serious when he says it. Like, yeah. he re- like that's his real excuse. His real he tr- reason. He truly believes that it was written in obsolete vernacular. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Are you talking jive? Is that was like was that was the whole point of the story that you were talking in jive vernacular? Really? Like like uh, whatever. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. That speaking, was so fucking speaking, ridiculous. Speaking of jive, so let me let me ask you guys a question. So do you guys think? And this is weird conversation, but I'm gonna bring it up. Do you think Roll is a racist or he's just an asshole? Mm. I think he's an asshole. <laughs> okay. Because, I also think he's. Well, I don't necessarily think he's racist though. Yeah, I think he's just he's, an asshole. He's just an asshole, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to be a dick to Sherman because he was uh-huh. black. Uh huh. Not because okay. he was black. That had nothing to do with him being black. No, it had to do with that that he was with uh, what's her name. Although he's yes. bringing up that he was black, you know. Yes. Oh. So I was just like, and I was like, he kept calling him Coltrane, and you could tell like it pissed off Danny Glover. He was trying like, to get under his skin. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And he was like, "Did you? What did you call me? <laughs> like, like what the fuck was that?" I was honest, like, it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up, right? It was no, it was very fucked up. It was very fucked yep. up. Like I was just, I was like, what is he trying to do? I know he's trying to get under his skin, but I'm like, wow, dude, you can do other versions of that. You can go after him as an accountant because he's an accountant. Okay, who wants to be a fucking accountant, honestly? But, but yeah, well, Danny no, Glover no, like, did. Danny Glover. <laughs> okay, I can't go. I mean, National Treasure, bro. Fucking Danny Glover. He's the fucking he is. amazing. He is. he is amazing. Agreed. And, and he, dude, you know what's funny is I was reading about the movie and they, the reason why they made him look that way is because they modeled his character as far as this look off of Kofi Annan. I don't know what that is. 
that guy he was the undersecretary he was the secretary of the of um the United Nations for a long time, especially during that time. During that time, he was the secretary of the United States. He was the head of the United Nations Security Council. Yeah, I don't know who that is either. That's a, you that's should a new, look that's him a up because he looks exactly like fucking Danny Glover in this movie. Okay. Oh. <laughs> like he just looked him up. He just looked him up. <laughs> I don't even want to attempt to try to spell it right now. <laughs> I was like, I'll well, just do it. It's spelled, it's, it's spelled like coffee, A N N A N. Exactly. Kofi Annan. But anyways, but yeah, no, there was that. There was okay, so right. freedom of rights activist, man. This guy's badass. He was he was he was a badass dude. He was a Nobel badass. Peace Prizer? Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a badass during that time. Like, be a badass in history. Check that shit oh, out. Yeah, for sure. He was. There was a scene in the movie that it was a, it was the it was the suicide scene when he was in front of the mirror. And he said, "I killed my. I'll kill myself tomorrow." And then he did it that time, right there and there. Like mm-hmm. when he did it, I was like, "When he did it," which is what I thought was really cool as far as a choice. When we talk about choices for the directors, is that he just he didn't show it, but you you knew but you, he did you it. knew what was happening. Because the way his mannerisms were, as far as from one side to the next, after he grabbed the razor blade, but well, when he the said blood sliding down his wrists in you know, the sink, I, I mean, get that, I get that. But you didn't know if that was the way it was portrayed. In my in my opinion, the way it was portrayed, you didn't know if that was just in his headspace. You know what I mean? Mm. Because he was saying he was saying I, I was killed myself it. tomorrow. He didn't say now. He said tomorrow. Yeah, he said, I'm going to kill myself tomorrow. And then he kills himself. I think the idea of that was like a, um, it was like a kind of a weird metaphor or not metaphor, analogy or double entendre. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but like the words, the word of the <laughs> is, so you ever say, like you ever um, come up with the phrase like, oh, um, I could be overthinking this too. Like, oh, I'm going to kill myself if I, uh, don't make oh, the yeah. basketball team. You think he you know? was trying to like just uh, being facetious? Like no, no, not being facetious. But I think he was. You think maybe he was just trying to, uh, I guess, make it seem like he wasn't doing it in his mind, so he could do it. Like I feel trick like, himself. I feel like it was just a demonstration of the thought space that he was in. I feel like that's that's what he. He was feeling depressed. He was feeling down. He was feeling like there was no point to any of it. And he told himself, I'm going to kill myself tomorrow. And as he said that, it felt as though he realized, "My, why do I need to wait until tomorrow? I don't have anything around. I don't have any, I'm not going to have a better reason to do it then than I will yeah. now. Yeah. Like I that's mean, the headspace he was in. And that that's why I feel like they they wrote it that way or, or portrayed it that way is because it kind of just shows you where his head's spiraling downward toward. I think, I mean, there's that part. And I think he was just, you could, I'm not saying you would see him getting to that point, but you could see him breaking in general because he was, he was already like, I mean, all these kids, they're just broken. They're so self-destructive. That's what I wrote down in my notes, by the way. Mm -hmm. Going back to my notes. This entire family is extremely self-destructive. Yeah. I mean, I would say that they're they're undervalued. They don't don't value each other. They're toxic to each other. Yeah. All that makes sense. I mean, 
I mean, I mean, I know, I know we try to be fun in this podcast, but if we think about like how this movie was, I mean, there, I mean, it's a pretty dramatic Wes Anderson movie. Like, if, if you think about it, it's. I don't know. I, 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 I honestly haven't seen Darjeeling, so I don't know how Darjeeling is. But of the movies that I've seen, like Moonrise Kingdom can be pretty dramatic. Um, but this movie to me seems like more than one of his most dramatic motion pictures. Um, I haven't seen French Dispatch yet, so I can't really describe that one. But there, I mean, there's plenty of Wes Anderson films I haven't seen. I can't tell you. But yeah, I, I know I mean, I've, I've enjoyed seen... every one that I've seen, though. No, but I mean, as far as the most, this is probably, in my opinion, one of his most dramatic ones because it, it had a bit, had some harder topics than some of the other ones. Like suicide is a tough one. I mean, you know, infidelity in general. I mean, cancer I mean, breaking just, up a family, living yeah, without a father. Was, it was not pretty wild. Supported. If you think about it, for a, a movie that only was an hour and 45 minutes, there was a lot in this motion picture. There was a lot. I will, I, it runs guys, long. You guys just made me think, like I said, this to me is the best Wes Anderson film for all it those is. reasons you just listed. I think it this is. is the best one, you know, and it, um, and it started his trend too, that he, or not his trend, his signature, but his signature. Um, yeah. Because everything you just said, this, this film has everything, you know, that, and they do it in a short amount that, of time. Uh, like you said. There's that sequence where uh, Margot goes to read cash and, uh, or Eli and like they're on that overpass walk thing and the camera does this like he hits every and I don't want to I don't mean this negatively but every like Wes Anderson camera angle in a, like a motion control type rig it almost looks like right like they're probably simulating that at this time but like he just snaps between all these different angles just to be more Wes Anderson than the prior Wes Anderson 20 minutes that we were watching, you know? <laughs> Which scene was that? I'm trying to remember what scene was that. It's when... They meet at the um, bridge just to, like, break things off with each other. Yeah, she points out that she's not in love with him, and he says, yeah. I'm oh, with Eli. With you. And yeah, exactly. Oh, when Eli walks up with that, um, that Gandalf walking stick. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, because yep. I wrote that in my notes. I, I swear to God, I wrote that in my notes. What is it? Here we go. Uh, Eli's walking stick slash wizard cane. I swear <laughs> to God. I was like, what the fuck is he walking with? And then, and it was, yeah, because yeah, it goes, it goes, it shows her walking up to the camera and then it pans right. And he just him. carries this giant branch Wha- with him. <laughs> and I mean, like, he's just walking in the middle of New York. With a, I mean, it, the that's one of the things I love. One of the love about Wes Anderson is that you have these weird eclectic characters because that's his thing. Is they're all like characters. they're all eccentric and and eccentric. Every yeah. single one of them. Like I mean, it's like all of a sudden, every eccentric character you can think of in a motion picture is in a Wes Anderson picture. Like every personality. And then in this movie, you have the guy who's like all of a sudden decides to do Western literature and wears a cowboy hat and has like frills. <laughs> On his jacket, and he lives in New York, and he's a blonde kid that is rich. Like it's just so strange, and so many levels. It's crazy. We didn't even talk about Dudley. Oh no no no! I want. Zencaster sucks. 
we're having issues again. So we'll get back to All it. Right. I was going to mention, we didn't what even we talk about Dudley about? yet. No, we haven't. Let's talk about Dudley for a minute, guys. What what a weird kid to have in a freaking movie. Like, <laughs> like he's being studied like he's some sort of like lab experiment and he's got super hearing, but he doesn't know that he's yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> when that cab pulls up and he's like, This car has a dent. No, whenever they go one? to the interviews at the end and they're like, Can he tell time? They're like, Oh god, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he like shakes his head no. He's like, yeah, yeah. no he, like, I certainly shakes. cannot tell time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then like you all, dumb I am? And then and then like and then like all they do is like they clap, they like like give him a standing ovation. Like, what is that? Like oh, poor Dudley. Gosh. And then like his book is like what what do they call his book? It's like Dudley's Dudley. World. Dudley's, Dudley's world. world. There yes. you go. Oh my god! It's fucking great. <laughs> I want to see. I'm gonna find out. Like there was like he had like a whole thing of like all the issues that Dudley has. He has like he has like he's colorblind. He has amnesia and like some weird shit. Like he's just, like all he's Tourette's got, like, and. <laughs> I mean, he. I mean, he's just got every kind of disability fighting against him, and they're using him as some sort of fucking exhibit. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, it was real. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Poor guy. Well, his, whatever it was that they were setting was a very funny part of the movie, though. Well, no uh, he has, he has, he has symptoms of like uh, rally into his tape recorder softly says Dudley suffers from a rare disorder combining symptoms of amnesia dyslexia and colorblindness with a highly acute sense of hearing Dudley then says I'm not colorblind am I yes he's you are. like he's like <laughs> and he replies like quietly from yeah, three yeah, rooms away yes yeah. you are yes you are <laughs> And he has like a a Walkman the entire time when he's like dancing, he's like jiving to it the whole time. And then, like obviously, whenever he, um, he gets heartbroken, he's just laying on the couch. He's like, "Do you want to do experiments on me?" Yeah. <laughs> like he's bored. Like this is pastime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just so unreal. Like that was one of the funniest characters. Like, where do they get these people? Like, it was just so great. Like. Wes did really do something special for that guy. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Great, great selection of the right cast, the right people. Ben Stiller pulls off the the uh, eccentric. uptight, eccentric, yeah. Uh, yeah. tightly, tightly wound kind of person um, really well. I mean, I kind of, frankly, I kind of felt like I was watching uh, Meet the Falkers or Meet the Parents yes. or whatever. Yes, yes. He, he, he has that. He can easily pull that off. Uh, he was he's got like, that character down. His Chaz's character reminded me of the dude from Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did a little bit. He did a little bit. Sure. Yeah, either that or or the or the what's it called the the um oh my god the uh senior the senior living look guy from from Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what he reminded Man. me of. Oh my that gosh, character. I forgot all about that <laughs> character, man. Yeah. Oh. Go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I forgot. I remember watching Kevin Gilbert. I'm like, holy shit, Ben Stiller's in this movie. Oh my god. And that's before Ben Stiller got like famous, dude. Like he was 
he had that show back in the '90s, the Ben Stiller show, and it did not do well. Like it did not do well. I've never even heard of that. Oh, it was horrible. It was so bad because it was honestly, it wasn't bad. It just it was ahead of its time. He would do. He does this impression on the show of like Bruce Springsteen, and it's fucking glorious on that show. He looks like he does this. It's insane. Because it's like Bruce Springsteen from like fucking the boss era, but like to the nth degree with the bandana. Was it like and an SNL type format or? It was a sketch show. It okay. was him. And I forgot who else was in the show, but it was just so over the top because it was Ben Stiller doing the show. And it was, God, it was great, dude. Great show. You're going to have to find that it somewhere. Not, it did not like do very well, but. It was oh my god! I mean the best. It was him. It was he. It was him. Andy Dick, uh, Janine Garofalo was on the show. Bob Odenkirk. I mean, it was a lot. Dana Gould. I mean, Judd Apatow was on the fucking show. I mean, it was loaded with people. It's a lot of names. It was loaded. Gary Coleman was on the show too for a little bit. I mean, the show only lasted like a few episodes, but it was wild. It was wild. It was one of those things like it was like the Dana Carvey show where it just did not do well. But anyways, they had, they had 13 episodes. And today, if you'd like to watch it, you can <laughs> buy it on Vudu, Google Play and Amazon. Oh, it's my not God. streaming anywhere. But OK, so going back to the movie, because we're going on a weird tangent because we've been Again. totally fucked up. I want to talk about and, the, and then we keep throwing beers back. Exactly. I want to talk about Pagoda. I want to talk about Pagoda. Like, let's talk about Pagoda. That was a great um, kind of interesting little twist to have in there. Pagoda, what was fucked up with me with Pagoda, though, is that Pagoda loves being a part of the Pendenbombs, and then when he leaves with Royal after he stabs him, and then he goes, like, at the end of the movie, like, Royal goes, take Pagoda back. Like, Pagoda's a human being, man. Like, for real. Like, he's not so fucking slave. But okay. no, no, but, no, 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 that's not the context. I know, I know. He's an immigrant up. in another country, and that's he's, all he knows is having, like, some shelter by a family that he can contribute and work yeah, with. No, yeah, no, exactly. And he, and, he, yeah. and he loves the family. And then when he gets kicked <clears> out, that's why he stabs fucking Royal. Like, you fucking asshole. I backed you so long. Look at you. What you look what you fucking did to me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I had a good thing. I come to this country. I have a good thing. And, you know, I've been kicked out of that good thing because of your assholery. Yeah, for real. Like, you know, it was, it was, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it was just like, I was like, I felt for Pagoda because it was like, man, I had a good thing going and look what you fucking did to me. Yeah. Which is one of those things I'm saying that like, like, they, like, like Royal is like, he's nuclear. Like when he fucking blows shit up, I mean, like whatever's in his fucking radius is just gone. Yeah. It's all annihilated. It's obliterated. So, I mean, and Pogoda was in that radius. So he's like, fuck. I thought it was funny how Royal just, um, like, he gets, he gets caught in all of his lies. I know. Oh. <laughs> and yet he just keeps getting more and more, like, graced by people. Like, he gets like, away with everything. I like how Margot was on a reggae album cover. I think that was the best part. 
<laughs> yep. She got married to There's, one of the dudes in the band. Yeah. It's like I was married to him for nine days. Like it was yeah. just so funny. Like there's so many things this motion picture that when I watched it, I was laughing. I was like, that's great. What is that? How absurd is that? Like all of it, like no one knows that she smoked since the twelfth since she was twelve years old. And they don't see her on the cover of a reggae album, but they was like these people would listen to reggae? No, not really. They probably wouldn't. And mm. then she's like, and then, okay, here's one thing that made me laugh was uh, when she has that play, The Levinsons Live in the Trees yeah. at the end of the movie. And then, and then Royal laughs because it's his character. He knows it's him. Yeah, and, and no one else is laughing in the theater. He's, he's like, the ah. he's Dude, that's, like, I know it's it's my it's one of my favorite. I think that's like made me laugh really hard when that, you know, because you just see him laughing hysterically at himself. And then he looks around and no one's like laughing, and he's just like, he's he like, you're he's not, an and he's like, yep. you're not finding this funny. This is great. Like, just yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god. Pagoda was also in Bottle Rocket. Uh, he was he. I don't he? know if you guys ever saw. It. I don't know if you've ever seen it yet. I, I haven't he, seen he was, Bottle Rocket in years, though. No. Okay. Well, he was in Bottle Rocket. I won't tell you about who he was in it, but you'll see. Might as it. well. Yeah. Fucking spoilers. Yep. Give a shit. Yep. 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 <laughs> well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he just plays this dude that is supposed to crack a safe for them because they're thieves, you know, owners <laughs> and, and he doesn't know how to crack safes. <laughs> they get to the sting and he has no idea how to crack safes. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, That's yeah. perfect in so many ways. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. So, but he, Pagoda is a great character, but I mean, I think the depth of all the characters is pretty uh, prevalent throughout and, it's so interesting too because we're watching Richie and um, Margot fall in love with each other, but they're siblings. You know, like it's like a weird. I know, thing. and I know they're adopted, but it's like you're rooting for them to be together at the same time because like it's they're the only strange. ones that get each other. You know, but they're also not blood related either. So um, I don't know. A lot of depth, a lot going on in this movie. I mean, so let me ask you a question. Like, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, like. I kind of had when I was watching the movie, like I was like, Angelica Houston's pretty. She's cute in this movie. She's 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 adorable in the movie picture. Like as an older lady, like I was like, wow, she's pretty in this movie. Like I was like, I'm not a big Angelica Houston fan, but she was like really natural, and I really appreciated her in this motion picture. Like I was like, wow. I think she's uh, always been beautiful, even when she was younger. She has, yeah. but I've never. It's just her features have never been something for me. Like. I know she was great in Adam's family. She had a great figure because she was skinnier and it was younger. But in this movie, like I was like, wow, she's really. I didn't. I, I never, you know, really appreciated her in this motion picture. Like I was like, wow. And then like Gwyneth Paltrow in the movie, it was like right after her whole like you know Shakespeare in love thing, and she, the way she played this character was super fun. It was like so emo. She was like. She was like super, and I know it's like in every Wes Anderson movie that he does he do that on purpose. I'm sure he does because he's like that. But a lot of his characters are so they show no emotion. Oh yeah, yeah, that's his like one of his styles. Like, is that male. for real? Like, is that on general? Like, yeah, on brand. Yeah, yeah that's I on see brand, that yeah. so much where they're just yeah. like they're so deadpan. 
Yeah, that's on brand for him. Every one of his films has stuff like that going on. Like the it. only person so. who shows like any emotion because he's so weird is Owen Wilson, and he does that for emotions that in like in lines that don't need emotion because I think it's just what he likes to do. Like the whole okay, so case in point, the part where Richie, played by Luke Wilson, his brother, goes to visit Owen and uh, Eli to do, uh, I guess, an intervention, and they walk in the door, and there's so many drugs on the table. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm wondering, are the guys that are in the room the drug dealers? Like, are they the... like the like Just the, hanging out. They're just hanging out, having a good time with them. They're hanging out. I mean, there's so much <clears throat> drugs. There's, like, cocaine. There's marijuana. There were there pills. I don't even know. It was absurd how That's many... A lot of drugs. It was an over-the-top amount of drugs on top of the table. And then Owen Wilson is like the only character that shows any emotion in the scene all the time. Every time. He's the only one that does. And then Richie's like, I'm here to help you. I mean, and then he's like, sure, like, give me a moment. And he leaves. And then Pagoda knows that he's running. There he goes. And there he goes. <laughs> he's just like, there he goes. It's <laughs> just like, he's like, there he goes. He's gone. And then he just runs and jumps in a cab. But then he says like skiddly skiddly, like he's just weird. Oh my, oh my god, it's such a weird fucking movie, people, dude. So it's weird. great though. It's a great movie. It is so movie. good. Like and and I mean, the the fight between Royal and Denny, uh, Royal and uh, and Henry. Oh gosh, um, like so in the funny. kitchen, like and then yeah. she comes in. <laughs> and Link comes in and she's like, what's happening? And they're like, nothing. He opens the fridge and like takes out yeah. milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this grown man is ashamed of arguing like a child. He's like, I can jive. You want to jive? Talk? I can you jive all day. Jive? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh Ugh. my God. Dude. And, and no, but I think it was great. The aspect of him trying to have a relationship with his grandkid grandsons. Where his grands, his grandchildren, where they're just like they're like Pappy, and it's just there's so much. Gonna breed some wild into him or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like yeah. So, so okay, so there was a scene in the movie that I'm gonna read about. So there was some trivia that I read. So you know the scene in the movie where they're playing with the BB guns as their uh-huh. kids, uh-huh. and he shoots Chaz in the hand with the BB gun. Uh huh. You understand that? You guys remember that scene? Uh-huh. Right. Where he's like, "Hey, you're on my team." He's like, "Not in real life." You know what I mean? Like he's like, "Uh huh." No teams in real life. Yeah. There's no teams. Yeah. So there's this and later on in the movie. He's like, "You still got the BB," and he touches his hand. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So FYI, that hand is Andrew Wilson. Yeah, You've that's uh, Andrew future Wilson. man. And he's also in this movie. He's also in the World yes. of Bounds. He's, yeah. he's in the world. I don't know where he's in the World of Bounds. I know he's he the, plays. He plays Margot's birth parents. She found them. Remember, and they were like on a farm. Oh, is that him? Yeah, that was yeah. him. Holy yeah, yeah. shit! Well, anyway, he's also one of the uh, sportscasters at Richie's meltdown. Him oh, okay. and Wes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Him and, yeah, yeah. him and him and Wes are the sportscasters on that tennis match, but apparently. That's actually a real life situation. So, according to what I read, Andrew Wilson, okay, when they were children, Owen fired a BB gun in Andrew's hand, and the BB has been there ever since. Mm-hmm. That's a literal yeah. BB in fucking Andrew Wilson's hand. Crazy. 
It's crazy. The last time I saw Andrew Wilson in a movie and they realized it was him was in fucking Whip It. He's in Whip It with fucking uh, uh, Elliot, Elliot Page yeah. and Kristen Wiig and Drew Barrymore. Huh. Uh, if you guys have never seen the movie, it's a great fucking flick. The roller skating. Uh, derby in Austin. It's great. It's hilarious. It's so fucking funny. But uh, but yeah, but like he uh, he's in the movie like so many because I mean it's like all these these Wilson brothers and fucking Wes Anderson like they can't do anything without being with each other. It's insane. It's hilarious. But well, <laughs> they have outside projects, but they're they do do they are together. Whatever they're like, hey, I'm doing the movie. All right, I'll be there. It's just hilarious, yeah. bro. Yeah, what day do I show up? Yeah, when do you want me, dude? I'm there. Yeah. But uh, but no, did you guys notice that they in the movie they used uh, "Christmas time is here" like yeah. six different times? Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm exaggerating. Wait, but what? it was like <laughs> they used they used it Charlie for and- yeah, like when. Um, they used it for when Margot was leaving Raleigh's house to go to the <laughs> to go to back to her mother's house. That that song was playing. That Christmas time is here. Really, really? I never even noticed it. Are you yep. serious? No, I didn't notice it once. Oh yeah, and then there was the scene where uh, Royal is having ice cream sundays with Margot. It's always with Margot. And when they he was having ice cream sundays with Margot at the hotel when he finally became an elevator uh, operator. For the hotel, oh, it was yeah. the same day. He was like, "Christmas time is here," <laughs> and it, dude, it was like they used it like three or four times in the movie. It was hilarious. I was like, "Why do they keep having this song? It's like, it's not Christmas in any way." And it was just rights. so absurd. That's rights, right there, buddy. It's digital rights. Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god! That song for four times. Yeah, for real. Yep. I mean, I mean, as far as the like in the notes, I mean. I'm, I'm trying to think of what like there was something else that was kind of like, oh, like Margot spent six hours a day in a bathroom, like like Ethel was like, why do you do this all the time? There was, I mean, I mean, there was uh, there was so much weird. Shit well, she was depressed. Yeah, yeah, but it was like it was like, but I mean, but really, she wasn't because she's just her own person. Well, I mean, she clearly was struggling oh. with some emotions to to do with her love for her brother. I see and, that. Yeah. Yes. And she's married and she's fallen out of love with her husband and naturally she's been with this wonderful man and she has no reason to not love him but she just doesn't and can't help it. There's lots of, I mean she's got a lot of reasons to be depressed. Yep. I mean yep. the, the whole I mean everyone else is so dramatic. Like there was there was one thing I saw that was super strange like in Eli's house did you notice how many portals he had stacked up on the screen? No, no. <laughs> yeah, that was a scene. There's, 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 I guess I, I, I think I remember this, but I thought they were National Geographic's or something. No, no. He has like two stacks of like fifty pornos just sitting there right in front of everybody. It was the weirdest thing. He's so they were just trying to make sure you understood. He's living the the wild lifestyle of you know new income and all this added money and doesn't know what to do it, with it and it he's was, just living to the fullest they're just it, trying to paint that picture true. i didn't catch that at all oh yeah i saw that and i was like wow that is a lot of pornos 
It's <laughs> a lot of porn. Like, I mean, I mean, I get that we I've live been on in the, the internet, and that's a lot of porn. It was. I mean, I get that we live in the internet now, where we don't need to have VHS. But I was like, that's a lot of VHS porn. I was like surprised. I mean, the movie was in two thousand one, so the VHS was still prevalent at that point. But I was like, wow, that is a lot of porn for somebody to have in their house and not be considered a weirdo. Like, it was just strange. Like, there was, I mean, Eli in general, like, like I thought was hilarious was when at, at the scene with Sherman and Ethel having the wedding and he's like barreling down the street in war paint. Like what yeah. is? Oh yeah, he was having the time of his life. He comes up, and all you hear him say is, "Here I come." I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He kills the dog, dude. <laughs> and then yeah. he like he kills he Buckley. Ends, yeah, he he ends up in the house like he he gets thrown from his car into the fucking house. Like he's like, "Wow, what happened? Like, what are you doing, dude?" Like, yeah, oh but it took God. it took that event, you know, him say the royal saving his grandchildren and and losing the dogs for um, what's his name for for Chaz to realize, like, Dad, I've had a rough year. I could open up to you. Kind you're, of thing. Just, you're such an optimist. I love that about you, Derek. I think he's right about. I'm pretty sure that's the story they were t- they were telling. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I don't right. think there's any other way to really see that part. Like they're, they're really trying right. to bring it home. I mean, Eric. I mean, you're so quiet. I don't know if it's because you're drunk or whatever, but come on, dude, talk to us, man. Because you see, it's like, because I'm oh. drunk and I'm trying to get in there, and you guys just keep going and going and sorry, going. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I'm I'm gonna close my notes. Here's my notes. Womp womp. Fuck it, I'm out. All right, Eric, tell me what your thoughts are. Why, no, why is a, this such a good movie? I think it's a, a really interesting story of a unique but also very common uh, family dynamic between, you know, uh, mothers, daughters, sons, fathers, all that good stuff. And I think it's endearing. I think there's moments in there that are really sweet. I think there's, there's moments in there that are really deep. Um, and I think there's moments that are really, really funny too. So it, this movie's got, uh, all the characteristics of, of a good piece of cinema. Um, I think that every time I watch it, I find something new and finding something new is usually something that makes me laugh or something that I didn't notice, uh, you know, the <laughs> other 48 times that I've watched it. So, um, I don't this know. What would you say? This car has a dent. Oh yeah, exactly. But like. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a, it is to me the best Wes Anderson film. You haven't had one that was quite this deep and quite this layered with the exception of Steve Zizou. I think it was pretty close, but, um, just haven't had one this deep and this layered, uh, since this one came out. So I think it's best not discounting the rest of his work, of course, but it's a wonderful it's, movie. Um, it's was, really... Steve, was Steve Zizou after Royal Tenenbaums? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Because I mean, Steve Zizou was he was still figuring out his style, so I guess it. it I couldn't believe that. Yeah, it, it. That's I can totally agree with you in regards to how good it was compared to Rotterdam because it was like it. It was basically the same. The yeah. man. Okay, so I think it's interesting to me how they. 
his his style that Wes Anderson's style is such a simple way to tell a story. It is so basic. It's so um, just very very minimalistic, right? And so you can and yet he, with that with that plain simple framing, simple perspective and storytelling, tell a story that is so deep and dynamic and and heartfelt with such a simplistic style that blows my mind as I watch this. Like it just, every time you see one of his films, they kind of all have that now they, they all have that kind of style and it's a very simple way to frame, but it tells the story so eloquently. I know. So simple yet. So complicated. The storylines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen French dispatch and it seems like, French Dispatch, he went maybe a little too overboard with the complications, because it's it's like a very like, it seems like it, it, it over like on the outside looking in, because like I said, I haven't seen it. It seems like there's a lot of vignettes, and he was trying to trying to do a whole thing like there, but well, I saw the I film. Think be, I think it'll just be a little bit more at pace, kind of like how Budapest I, Hotel was. Well, you, you you saw it, dude, but how was it? Yeah, I saw the movie, and I I think it was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't his best work. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't extraordinary either, but I think I'm getting tired of his cookie cutter thing. You know, like I feel yeah. like his style is very much his style, but he just like does it. And it's very, it's becoming uh, tedious to me. It's like the same thing over and over and over again. So um, I'm looking for something a little different from him. Like he doesn't have to completely abandon the style, but like do something a little different, man. I, I think I think and I think it's like that's why I liked Moonrise Kingdom because it had a little bit of a style but a lot of the movie was only was outside of like a set you know what I mean like it was outside of a set but it was still very much Wes Anderson you know yes like, no no don't get me twisted I'm I'm not disagreeing with you but, but that's is that the right direction to go maybe that'd be the right direction because Grand Budapest Grand Budapest was very much like inside a soundstage like it was not outside at all yeah there were very few scenes that were shot outside where you have moonrise kingdom where the whole point of it was the kid was outside in the wilderness so it was outside in the wilderness even though it fell within the whole wes anderson style but it was it was still beholden to the elements i feel like he's he's gonna have to step a lot further away from this controlled environment that he's so used to but you, but he's that's not his personality. His personality is it's controlling, man. He's 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 like well, that. if if all we get is more Royal Tenenbaums and more Grand Budapest Hotel and and uh, you know Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs, those are all good movies. These are all good movies to watch. Yeah, they're not bad. I just I think I've just seen the same thing kind of true. over and over again. That's the this only. Is true. It's tough. I'm not discounting. He's a brilliantly. Uh, awesome filmmaker he's amazing but just feel like the storylines and the movement and the pacing is all the same thing every time you know here's here's the thing dude is that like sometimes and, and this is where this is where i'm thinking that you know like and this is just myself in general but um sometimes as an artist you have to sucks to say but you have to reinvent yourself to a certain degree where you have to create something new but still have your signature on it you know there's a lot of artists that have succeeded 
when things change and 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 ideas change and mode and and you know you know things change in as far as in the artistic world where you have to move forward with it even though you're moving forward and things are looking different on the surface you can have a separate idea and your your overall i guess say motif is still there like Okay, so let's talk about this. So, Martin Scorsese. A lot of his directing, for me, has always been the aspect of he does a lot of single takes. He likes the single take. He likes going through the different, you know, sets and different, you know, you know, stay, you know, like scenes where they're on a single take, and that's his kind of his thing. But on top of that, he also does. He also changes his style, but he still brings in his little bits and pieces. And he understands that, you know, I can throw my signature in there, but I have to make sure that everyone un- everyone sees other aspects of, you know, my art. I don't know. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I, I could be fucking drunk as shit. No, I got you. I'm tracking with you. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily agree to it, but I understand what you're saying. I think it's, it's, um, I think we have to understand that if Wes Anderson continues to make films just like these, just like, you know, the I go back to the Grand Budapest Hotel, it's very similar to Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums itself as a film and French Dispatch, the way that those are shot and, and framed and kind of the way that they tell their story. It's not a bad experience. It's a fantastic experience. It's still far and above better. Many, many other movies that are out there. It's just it might be a little bit repetitive if you, if you get burnout on it and it's not for you, it's okay. And hopefully he can reinvent himself. Like as, as you mentioned, where he can, you know, bring something new to the table that is enough of a departure from what we're so familiar with from him that it can be, you know, a refreshing site, but it's going to be, who knows? We'll see. Maybe we just get more of these really still very good movies. They're not all that different. But here's, here's where I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I, I think that uh, it's. I think that the problem with Wes Anderson is not so much the fact that it's like a stylistic thing. Like you know how like Martin Scorsese, you can tell he's got certain things that he does. That's his style, or you know David Fincher, Paul Thomas Anderson. They all have styles. You know Spielberg, and you can kind of tell it's their film just by seeing it. You could do that with Wes Anderson, but the problem is is that he does that not only with his technical style, but with his storylines and his pacing and his plot. And yeah. that's the problem that I have, is that we're, we're looking at the same rhythm every single time. Like Tim mm-hmm. Burton had a style, but his films were completely different. You know? Yes, sure. David Fincher has a style completely different films. You know? So... That's that's where the disconnect is for me with Wes Anderson, and, and I'll always keep watching his movies. But I'm like, the French Dispatch is just okay because I'm nothing special. It's the same thing. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's what I wanted to, to tell you because I mean, like, I saw Licorice Pizza, and and it's it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but it's Paul Thomas Anderson movies are never the same. They no. they have uh, a certain degree of what he's trying to pull off. I get that, and he is always. I mean, every director has a signature style, but the issue is is that you can't 
which is what the thing is with Wes Anderson. That's the problem with Wes Anderson is that you, Wes Anderson has such a controlling aspect of his movies and it comes across that he's controlling every single aspect of that scene where Mm -hmm. it's to a certain degree, it can almost seem to be exhausting because if you see a movie like, okay, I'm just going to be like Moonrise Kingdom, you watch Grand Budapest and you don't see differences. Everything's the same. It's the same look, same type of style. It's Yes, I understand that some scenes in Moonrise Kingdom are in the forest, but even still, he picked a forest that's linear in aspect. It's very straight. It's square. It's it's perfect to what he wants to find and how he feels it should look in his in his scene. I mean Whereas, but but case in point, if you look at the director like let's say Richard Linklater, where Richard Linklater has an idea for most of his pictures, his thing is always I want to make a movie that the plot of the movie takes place over the span of 24 hours. A lot of his movies take place over the span of 24 hours. That's his thing. But but what you see in the movie is never the same. He has a basic idea and then he lets the actors just run with it and see how it rolls. Boyhood was... uh... Over a 24-hour period? That's crazy. Well, no, no, no. If you think about it, no, no. But Boyhood was different in the sense that, yeah, it was over 12 years, but every scene in Boyhood was 24 hours. Hmm. I mean... Days of Confused, 24 hours. Uh, What's in the movie? Um, Everybody Wants Some, 24 hours. The only movie that was different was uh the Newton boys that was over the span of 10 years kind of thing and that was his only like movie that was like tied to like Hollywood kind of shit but every movie slacker I mean just about every movie he's done has been in the span over 24 hours here's the thing I think that we're losing sight of is like with Wes Anderson even if we continue to get the same thing he's been putting out for so long it is still far and above better than many other movies that are coming out True. Sure. Repetitive. I don't. Yeah. I don't. True. I don't mean to take that away because it's that that might be you know a big detractor, but you know I still think he's still putting out great stuff. It's just not new great stuff. Um, I mean, there's lots of <laughs> what was that movie that uh, Nick Cage did with the the uh, arcade that he was locked in overnight or something like oh. that? That fucking oh, uh, Willy's Wonderland or something. Oh my right? god, yeah. so good! I love that fucking movie. Such a bullshit movie <laughs> oh it's so good it's so good because it's such bullshit and he knows it which yeah, is so I mean, fantastic that's, it. that's the whole point of it i get that's a whole concept but i mean <laughs> wes anderson could put out his 10th version of the same movie and we'd still enjoy it more than yeah. <laughs> willie's wonderland you, you, know? Know, you know what's you know what's funny i was reading some of the trivia and in imdb and you know like royal tenenbaum would the original role was offered to gene wilder Wow, I didn't know that. I man, wow, wow. He, yeah. Good thing that didn't happen. <laughs> well, no, I don't know, dude. I would have, I, I think, I would have liked, I would have enjoyed a Gene Wilder version of that movie, of that character. But I mean, Gene Hackman is amazing, which is great because he's so so much more of a uh, 
of a dramatic like, actor, which is yeah. kind of a strange thing, you know. But he turned the role down because he was retired. He had made he had decided that I'm retiring from movies, and that's when he had retired already. So he was like, I'm not going to be in a movie. But that would he was offered the role initially, and then Gene Hackman took the role, which I think was a good idea because Gene Hackman yeah. is understandably he funny. He was, he's understandably yeah, he's funny. He's hilarious. He's great. Movie. He's hilarious. Yeah. You know because he's because he plays such an asshole. But Gene Hackman didn't want to take the role initially because he had his own problems with his family. Hmm. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, like he found a lot of similarities in how real close to home. Royal treated his family to how he treated his own children, and so when he talked to his children, they were like, "No, no, no! You should do it. It it's good. You're good." I mean, if anything, if he if he if he relates to this somehow, it must have been some part of a healing process, and that's it's hard to find sometimes. So yeah. So, so what it says is that like he felt that he himself had been insensitive to his own family at different points in his life. He asked them if they would find playing this character uncomfortable for their own sakes. They all agreed he should accept the part. So that's cool. That's crazy. I didn't know that's that. A, that's a wild, that's a wild little thing. Uh, you guys remember, in the scene that they had Mordecai, he kept talking about how Mordecai had long had more white feathers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason for that. So apparently the original Hawk used to play Mordecai was actually kidnapped during shooting. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> kidnapped a bird? Yeah. And he was held for ransom and the production couldn't wait for him to be returned. So the bird that appears later is actually a different bird. With more white feathers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, no, I never would have noticed. I don't know why yeah. they needed to they just point out. You know why? You know why they need to point out? Because Wes Anderson has to know every little frame, every position of every little thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting there like there's two more white feathers. This is unacceptable. We must acknowledge it in the film. Has to be intentional. <laughs> I can't no, there's too many feathers. There's too much white color in the scene. We're gonna, we're gonna CG it. We're CGing it, folks. <laughs> I need to be sure everyone understands there's too many white feathers. Oh god. All right. CG. Time for ratings. CG. You think that man would ever use CG? You guys out of your mind. <laughs> no, I, I know <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. If, ratings, if, ratings. We can... If he ever used CG 2001 he would, graphics. If he ever yeah. used CG, he would shoot himself in the eye. Yeah. It's just how he would. Mm-hmm. All right. So all right. So ratings. I'll, I'll go first. Um, rating for me, I'll give this movie. I'll give this movie a straight seven. I think it's a great flick. It's a great movie. I'm actually going to tell my daughter to watch it, even though there's boobs in the scene. There is. I'll tell her to watch it. I'll tell her. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah. Which I was watching the movie as I'm watching it. Like, why is movie R rated? There's, there's no. And they're like, oh, that's. Oh, the boob. Yeah, that that was it. Some f bombs too. There's some f bombs, but either way, she she hasn't heard that. She hears that shit at home. Um, so so uh, I'll tell her to watch it. But I mean, I'll give it a I'll give it a, a seven. Cool. Seven point oh. I'm good, good on today. you, man. Good on you. Cool. Go ahead, Derek. Um. All right. Uh, how well it was made? Four point seven out of five. Uh, okay. Really, really well done. Um. And how much I enjoyed it. I have a four point four. So oh. I also really enjoyed it. That brings us to a nine one. Nine one? You know what, Derek? That's really funny. That's great. You know is why? Is your rating a nine one as well? My rating is a nine one. 
This is because I'm always right, and you know okay. it. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, settle down there. there. <laughs> yeah, right. Settle down there, buddy. Oh, but yeah, no, gosh. no. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful movie. I think it is a film that everyone should watch, and it's my favorite Wes Anderson flick. It's a great movie. Lovable. So, would you care to tell me about your top shelf pick, sir? So I've been I've been struggling with this one, um, okay. Because I don't think I've ever used it as my top shelf, but I th- feel like it's I kind think of a you could have. <laughs> so my top shelf is Zelda: Breath of the Wild. That's oh my god! What <laughs> a cheap shot! It's true. I was listen, man. They were supposed to come out with Breath of the Wild two um in july they were supposed to come out with it and they're not anymore they pushed it to 2023 so i'm upset and i wanted to play a new zelda and i was like i'm gonna play breath of the wild for a third time all the way through it's such a good wow. game and it's such it a good game so good it just Look, doesn't here's stop the thing. being good i don't whenever you whenever people tell me that ocarina of time or Majora's Mask is better than Breath of the Wild. And I've never played those two games. I've only played Breath of the Wild. I still know that you're wrong. Breath of yeah. the Wild is fantastic. No, no, no. It it's is a fantastic. fantastic game. Like you I can play Ocarina through. of Time and Majora's Mask now on Nintendo Online. F- yeah, but they're not as good and as I'm Breath playing. of the Wild. No, they're not. The they're not no. But they're I, amazing. I just, with Nintendo Online, I just played through the entire game of Ocarina of Time a couple months ago. And it is not better than Breath of the Wild. Not even close. <laughs> no, no. And I no, love that. I love that game. I love Ocarina of Time. I think it's amazing. But it doesn't even touch Breath no, of the Wild. No, it does not. So I, the thing that kind of blows my mind about this is you realize that like the Nintendo Switch is basically an Android tablet. That's how it works. Like that's the operating system it runs on. So we could be playing games as good as Breath of the Wild on our freaking phones if there was just a good marketplace for it for people to actually make money. Instead, we need Nintendo to step in with this very proprietary <laughs> console and all that kind of stuff. And naturally, people flock to it because Nintendo has a record of like having this catalog of characters that can be done so well. But my God, they like if I could play Breath of the Wild on my phone, dude, game over. Game over. Dude, I've been playing a game on Switch called Ninokuni. Dude, oh dude I've heard so much good stuff about it. Dude, it's an amazing game. Derek, you would love it. It's amazing. It's an amazing game. Is it? Is it a phone game? You no. play on your phone or computer no, or what? No, no, it's on Switch. Only on Switch. on Switch. Okay, okay. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And you know why? It's totally your sensibilities because the game is super. Is like it's That's drawn. It looks super anime. It looks it super. Is, anime. You know, it is anime. It's drawn by um, God. It's drawn by the. Uh, it's drawn by the guy who did uh, Dragon Ball Z. Like he drew all the anime. Oh, you think Akira, the same guy Akira, did... Akira Toriyama? Sorry. Uh. Anyways, but yeah, go back to what you were saying. Ratings, my bad. Ratings. ratings. Oh no, no, no we we're, we're doing we're, we're on top ratings. shelf. We're on top, oh, top shelf. shelf. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Okay. So we I was just saying ratings. that. Yeah, I wasn't my... taking a piss. My bad. Yeah, but yeah. Welcome so back. That my top shelf is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My top shelf is Breath of the Wild. I love that oh, game. I, really? I don't disagree. Are you serious? Yeah, that's I'm, yeah. I'm I'm 100 with that. Yeah, I, I totally side with that. It's a great game. Fantastic game. Right. 
Play Nino Okuni. It's really good. Nino Kuni. So uh, as far as top shelf for myself, I have one that I I just saw. It's a it's a documentary, okay, on Netflix. I don't know if you guys I know you're into documentaries there, Eric, but it's a documentary, it's a stupid documentary, I ain't gonna lie. It's a documentary on the Hong Kong Kung Fu action cinema. Okay. Called Okay, I'm I'm finding the name now. It's it's, it's hilarious. Um, give me a second, dude. I'll find it now. Oh shit! Give me a second. Oh my god! Okay, it's called Iron Fist. It's called Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks. So it talks about Hong Kong actions, Hong Kong cinema. From the days of the Shaw Brothers up until like fucking, uh, so like the heyday, the heyday. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 up to now. You know, they talk about Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Bruce Lee, uh, all that shit. But it's it's a great little documentary just for fun. Nothing like it's not Oscar worthy by any means, but it gives you an insight into what was happening in Hong Kong and how the aspect of action cinema changed in Hong Kong from the original Shaw brothers who were basically had a stranglehold on cinema in general in, you know, in Hong Kong and how like in the sixties you're seeing like cinema where people are getting shit, like cut off, like action and violence and blood and gore that was not shown in the States in any way, shape or form but was shown in Hong Kong, it would show up in these grindhouse cinemas in the States. And that's where you got like Wu-Tang getting this. Sh- I mean, it was just wild. It was just wild to watch. And they would talk about like Jackie Chan, how he was a part Reminds of it. the old school folks like the like uh, Sabos and, and I mean, Jackie I mean, Chan. And- they have, they have Ghostface Killer talking in the fucking documentary. I mean, it's a great, it's a great documentary. And and if you want to have spend some time for like a fun, it's only like about an hour and a half long. It's not like a long. I would totally, I would totally check that out. What's yeah, the name one more time? It's, it's an hour and forty seven. It's called Iron Fists and Kung Fu Kicks. And they, I mean, they talk Let's about how the Shaw Brothers did well and was like the forefront, and then they went to shit because they didn't see the future, like Golden Harvest, which was another group that came in afterwards. And they decided, you know what, we need to fill this up. And they were the ones who brought in like Bruce Lee and they like Enter the Dragon and Return of the Dragon and all that shit. Like, I mean, they just went nuts. It was it was great. They had a whole bunch of actors in there. They talked about Michelle Yeoh. They talked about, you know, uh, Jackie Chan, Jet Li. They talked about uh, fucking, it had Donnie Chen on there. I mean, it was, it's a great, it's a great documentary. I mean, these are all the badasses of the, the, oh, yes. the heyday, all the people who kind of yeah. formed this genre of film and and participated in it. So yeah, it was it was great. Incarnation talk, look, I don't know. I don't know if you guys. I, don't, I mean, Derek, you may be too young for this. Fuck off. <laughs> but they also yep, brought in, in in the documentary. They brought Cynthia Rothrock. I don't know if you know who Cynthia Rothrock is, Derek or Eric. Do you know who Cynthia Rothrock is? Nope. They talk about how, like, she in the was 80s, in, um, she was in all, all kinds of stuff, martial so law. It, and well, you know what I'm saying, like, she was, and... 
But uh, did you ever see those movies, Derek? Before I you saw Martial up? Law. Before you I looked saw... up in IMDb. Before you no, 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 no. And I saw, um, I saw. It says that she was in the Hercules series. I don't remember that part. She was, but I'm saying like, like the thing with Cynthia Rothrock is like it, it, it talked about how in the '90s they went that whole straight to video shit. And oh, so yeah. like how they that's, ran that's it. A lot of this. You stuff. know what I mean? So like Golden Harvest ran that shit in the nineties. I remember as a kid watching those straight to video martial arts movies like Cynthia Rothrock and Jeff Speakman and all that shit as a kid. And they talk about that stuff. Like she was like the shit in the eighties for female martial arts. Her and Michelle Yeoh in a movie. They oh, were the, that sheer. was she was the woman from Yes Madam. Holy fuck. Yeah. Man, that was great. Yeah. That was yeah, such dude. a good movie. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, like, they, they talk about all that stuff, dude. So, because that's Hong Kong cinema where they talk about how you don't have stunt doubles. She was so good. And there was some badass stunts in that. That whole movie. It felt like a Jackie Chan style, but yeah. it was so refreshing because it was Jackie Chan. It was a totally different actress, you know, that, giving you her spin it on was, it. And it was it great. Was her, it was her and Michelle Yeoh. So... You know what I mean? Like they, it's like, and then they talk about like, you know, they talk about how like everything they did, they did it themselves. Like there was no stud doubles, there was no union. Yeah, yeah. Like, you had to do it, or you didn't have a job. It was just yeah. one of those things. Yeah, I would remember um, Michelle Yeoh had did a lot of interviews for. Uh, I watched a bunch of her interviews when we were doing uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and she talked a lot about how, you know, whenever she first got in the industry and she first started trying to do stunt work like convincing people to let her do it, to give her the full brunt of, you know, a hit or something like that because she was a woman and that kind of being a new concept at the time. I mean, th- these, these people kind of pioneered that at the time. Yeah. And and I'm, I totally was, didn't realize this is a fan. It, it, not, this isn't my top shelf, but yes, madam from 85 is a great movie to check out. folks. I haven't seen yes, madam in a long time, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love so yes, good. Madam. So but good. yeah, I know. But I mean, that's just, that's just Hong Kong cinema at its finest, man. It's just how it works. So yeah, so that's my, that's my top shelf. Cool, cool. And it's a documentary in Eric's, in Eric's vein. It's Appreciate Iron you. Fist and Kung Fu Kicks. It's, that. Like I say, it's fun. It's just a fun shit. Like it's not like Oscar worthy in any way, shape, or form. But sit and watch it and enjoy. Cool, Derek. What you got, man? Man, you know I know you guys are gonna give me shit. Um, and <laughs> and seeing as I haven't brought anime to the table in a little bit, um, my top shelf is going to be Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Um, it's fantastic. It's a great show. It's on is the, it with the live time. action or the anime? Mm, the original anime. If I'm going to send oh, something, like the live action is okay. only for certain tastes, right? I mean, not everybody enjoyed it. Um, but the original one is a masterpiece. It is a masterclass in fantastic anime. The way that music and design and character building and solid story writing, it's all fantastic. So Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> it's got to be louder. So okay, quiet. There. Move on. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Agreed. All right. Eric, what you got, man? I, no, I already I, gave I, us. I, I oh, that's, right. that's right. Sorry, I wasn't going to take a piss. My bad. Oh, all right. Jesus. So, all right. So now that we've done them, and this is a total clusterfuck of an episode, as you can tell by the technical difficulties we've had, and hopefully, if we don't lose listeners, and if we do, it is what it is. We're not really like paid on this shit, so we just do it for fun. Uh, we have a special. Wait. Do a top show first, or my next pick, right? Oh yeah, we can do the next pick. Let's do the next pick. Then that makes sense. 
We got oh, either way. How how do you want to do it? I'll do the next pick. My pick for the next movie. Okay. You ready for this, folks? I don't know what to think. I have high hopes, but I think it's time that we take a break from these very well designed and intellectual films, <laughs> oh and my we God. step off into the world that is and has been painted for us. Are you prepared for this? I don't know if I am. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, my God. With Nicolas Cage from 2022. Now I got to go find a movie theater with this in it. (laughs) This is is the movie I have selected. I have high hopes for some comedic moments and enjoyable storytelling. I love it. This isn't going to be a dissertation or essay and perfect film looking. This is going to be good old fun movie watching. Okay. Yeah, I want to see oh, it. I'm going to have to find it's a theater pick. that has it. I'm scared. I'm not going to be able to find it in time. Oh, my God. Oh, no, we'll figure it out. It. Oh, my God. I'm so excited because I'm such a Nick Cage fan. I love Nicolas Cage doing Nicolas Cage things. I know you yeah, do. You're, you're the oh. person who loves Wally's Will or Wally. Well, I love Man, Wally's Wonder World. I love fucking uh, Mandy. I mean, folks, it, if you I, want to watch this movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, you can buy it on everything. It doesn't look like oh, you can rent it. Oh, I thought it, it was anywhere. only in theaters. No, it's a digital now, dude. You okay, can so okay, Apple right, TV, Amazon, Voodoo, DirecTV, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm super excited. You have me no idea. Dude, I want to Nick Cage this shit so bad. Well, we're going to have fun with it. And yes. now. On to our special episode coming soon. We, yes, we have a special episode coming out. Uh, Eric we found him. We brought him out of retirement. He's coming in for real, all the way from wherever he's at. Sunny, <laughs> sunny south coast of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> sunny, sunny South Carolina, South Kakalak, as they say in fucking in the scenario by Trump uh, Quest. Eric, who we got? What are we doing? Who are we bringing in, guys? Who Who's the only person we talk about almost every episode? Since My boy, we... Sally boy. That's right. Sal's coming in for Sal his own is, episode. Sal is getting an episode all to his own. And see, listeners, if you just have, you know, reach out to us on Instagram and start you becoming too a friend, have an episode. you could too At, yes. have this opportunity. At Movies Rock Podcast. I mean, that's literally the fucking handle. Reach out to us. If you want to have an episode, we will fucking do whatever you fucking want. But you got to be cool first. We got to chat. We got to venture. Speaking of, I've never once met Sal, but I know Eric has. And we've definitely talked enough shit about him for him to be able to come and defend himself. So (laughs) why not? I've got I've got over two decades of friendship with this man, so uh, just trust me. What, we should what, be okay. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. What's the movie he's picking? Did he pick a movie? He certainly did, and because he's coming on as a special guest, we're letting him pick the movie. And okay. I think what's that, he got? What's he got? I, I Is think whatever you guys good? might enjoy this. I don't know. But Is he, it a Hallmark film? Did I'm you make actually, a joke about him doing a Hallmark film? Yeah, no, I did. But it's a Hallmark <laughs> movie. It's, he's doing Christmas. I'm gonna read you, gosh. <laughs> I want to read you the text exchange that we had over the last okay. I don't know, few days here. I want you to go when it's you, you say Eric, and when you say Sal, it's Sal. <laughs> yeah, okay. No no. Make it confusing, please. <laughs> okay, let me see here. Oh my God, Eric. Seriously, Sorry, you have one just, job, bro. Give me just a second here. 
And so, drunk. This well, is from the this invariable is from, <laughs> weight of talent. <laughs> this has been going on since I think Monday. Okay. Eric, <laughs> you have till Wednesday at 5 p.m. to come up with a <laughs> Just a reminder. This is so great. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a dick like that. It's fucking on brand right now, dude, for us. I know. know, Fucking rules and guidelines and regulations and shit. (laughs) So then, then, Sal, Pink Panther? Eric, are you you serious? Sal, (laughs) yep. Eric. Eric, which one? Sal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric, thank God. <laughs> All right, so this is a little bit later. This is what I get. It goes, no, no, I just get, this is Sal. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's I'm, I'm a little mixed up. I'm a little drunk. After I said, thank God, Sal said, LOL. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sal said, LOL, after I said, thank God. So anyway, <laughs> so then this is a little bit later. I don't know when. I'm not going to look at the timestamps, but it says, Pee-wee's big adventure? This is so <laughs> it's even worse. This is this is so stressful. <laughs> and I and I said, ha 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 ha. Said I think that one has I think that one has been chosen, like Pee-wee's big adventure to be funny. I'm not 100%, so you'll have to look at all the podcast episodes to see if it was in <laughs> Look at them all to make sure. Yeah. You gave him homework. But then I said, but that's not an awful choice to me. <laughs> <laughs> so then Sal says, nah, not that one either. Okay, here are my top three picks. Big Trouble in Little China. Golden, oh Ch- Golden Child. Oh, my great God. O- great Outdoors. And oh last god. but not least, maximum overdrive. And then, oh my god! Wow! Oh my god! You know and he then, said it's funny. It's funny. He said top three, but he chose four. four yeah, just wait. Just yeah. wait. Yeah. So the response was, I mean, that's four picks, but you know. <laughs> Jeez. Then I, then I said, well, good luck. You have a couple days, and he goes, no, it's three, and he says maximum. <laughs> Maximum overdrive obviously doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Of course, because of course it does, right? Oh my does. god! Yeah. yeah. So what do you pick finally? So no, hold on. I'm like, I'm not, this is oh, a little done. Bit later. Oh, no, not done. This is oh, a little shit. bit later. He goes, "Shit, this is yesterday. Shit, okay. Big trouble in Little China. If they don't want that one, maximum overdrive." <laughs> no 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 so i said so i said well big trouble has never been undone so if that's what you want that's what will be it's your choice then he sends me the uh the bicep arm emoji <laughs> like let's then, go and then he goes fuck man give me another 12 hours this is my chance to put max <laughs> this is my chance to put maximum overdrive <laughs> on the map Oh I, my feel God. Like, I feel like I'm letting the world down if I don't. <laughs> and then he goes, "Damn it, let me think about it." And I said, "Ha ha ha, okay. You have help, you have till you have till five tomorrow." And guess what? I don't have an answer. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! All right, so FYI, it'll be a surprise to everybody. Yeah. Our next episode, we will have 
Derek's motion picture at some point in time, whatever the fuck that is, he chose. Uh, what did you choose, Derek? I don't even know. Now I'm like lost. The unbearable weight of talent. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Sorry, Nicholas Cage and Pablo Escobar. Escobar. Schreiber. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Escobar was the drug lord. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. What's his name? What the, the guy from um, the guy from the guy Game of Thrones and Mandalorian, whatever, fucking him. And so, and then we also have a special called we're gonna call it Sal's Drive-In, and it'll be and a surprise for everyone. And when the episode comes be, out, you'll find out when it, what it is. It'll either be Big Trouble Little China or Maxwell Overdrive, which are two random fucking pictures. Pedro yep. Pascal. Pedro Jesus. Pascal. I'm talking Pablo. Fuck me. Jesus. Anyway, Pedro Pascal. Um. All right, so so wait, we really don't know what his pick is. We're just freeballing this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be one of those two. One of those two. It's going to be All a right, surprise. Max so Overdrive and what? Or Big Trouble in Little China? Or because you know why, Derek? You know why? No. The check is in the fucking mail, bro. <sighs> oh my god. Oh, the disappointment. All right. So, well, as always, we have a fucking, you know, quote for the motion picture. Since we don't have a movie for South Drive-In, but hey, guess what? We're going to roll with it anyways. Uh, Here we uh, go. As far as quotes in, uh, uh, I think this quote is great. It's so understated. and It's perfect for um, Wes Anderson is that Royal talking to his uh, grandsons, saying, anybody interested in grabbing a couple of burgers and hitting the cemetery? Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> or when he goes, oh, you know, when, when, he, when they forget to take flowers for Chaz's wife, and he goes, Chaz says, here, take some these. And he takes he takes some of the flowers. He goes, "Oh, I forgot, we got another body in here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, how about this one? This one's great too. I'm very sorry for your loss. Your mother was a terribly attractive, attractive woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, his his one liners are just amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like when they when he's like he gets into some shit and he runs like, "Let's shag ass." Yep. <laughs> whenever yeah. whenever at the very end he's like he's not your father neither are you yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah all right folks good night all right. peace everybody see you